0: Hey, Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners, you can find us every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Frankly, dear, yeah, I don't no give a damn. What killed the dinosaurs? Guys,
3: the
4: Do You want to come a job with you?
0: I'm going to make you famous, Lizzie. It's
4: not Al anymore. It's Dunk. Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do. I'm the joker, baby.
0: <laughs> Alright, welcome to Lights, Camera, Barbs, episode 90 of season 2. Jeff D. Lowe, Ken Jack gooch uh chris rejoining us next week tight schedule today uh we'll be back next week that's for all of us but i'm not saying Chris is crazy tight schedule we just the times didn't align this week we have a bunch of interviews today uh two mm-hmm. really good interviews we have katie sackoff uh plays bo katan in the mandalorian and then we have john leguizamo who was fucking awesome yep she, she was, was in longmire too she was she also in been- longmire she was
3: in longmire can't deny that
5: John Leguizamo was awesome, though. What a good sport! Like he like hung around, like watched just bad TV with us
3: afterwards.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? Because I was remote, so I didn't. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah,
3: After it closed, I was like, "Wait, do you want to just watch that that Steven Seagal Mad TV clip?" Yeah. (laughs) I mean, watched like three minutes of
0: it, (laughs) so it was really funny. He was uh, he was awesome. He was he was. Yeah. Guests like that are great, and now it's like, all right, well, I want to talk to him again. Um, so yeah, we'll have those. So we have the John Wick uh, chapter four review, and then we are going to do. We'll be doing longer recaps, not recaps, but kind of like theory based things with Succession, like where we think it's going to go. And we're going to do three winners, three losers from every episode because I we'll, we'll 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 do our best to to see who's jockeying for the right position to be the the winner of this season. Which the winner of the and knowing show, the show, it could be nobody.
5: It's it's gonna be.
3: It has to be nobody.
5: Right? I'm convinced
0: like, that no, no one will win.
3: Corporate yeah. takeover by Adrian Brody or something.
0: Yeah, which he's a character we haven't, even, we haven't even seen yet. And we I assume he's back, I think. Has to be, right? Um, so we'll important. talk about that in a minute. But first, this episode brought to you by Game Time, the exclusive ticketing partner of Barstool Sports. Created by fans for fans. Uh, very easy to use ticketing app. Easy to transfer. Great, low prices. Uh my UConn Huskies going to the Final Four. Congrats to all UConn fans listening. Also to oh, Miami fans. Why are you fans. not a
3: PSU basketball fan, Jeff? Why don't you
0: like PSU basketball? You fucking pussy. What people, the fuck? People were so mad, and then the university <laughs> literally admitted last week they don't give a fuck by not resigning, like not offering the coach the bag. And now mm-hmm. they're like, "All right, see you later." We'll do. So it's like, "All right, that's why I don't fucking care." Good, good um, for UConn. It's like I, I, that's always my thing. It's like, uh, what do you mean you didn't pick them? Uh, I mean, I paid. Like $40,000 a year to go there. I, I will I will choose if I want to. Root. I've given the school more than enough of my time. <laughs> yeah, you don't um, owe them your fandom for a shitty part yeah, of their athletic like, program. That, if, that's they me. Me, if they gave me a full ride for four years, you know what? Probably should be a basketball fan. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm still going to be in Texas. I'm coming back to New York on Sunday. I, I think game, game time is going to be the way to go to go see UConn and Houston. But not just that. Baseball coming up. Regular season baseball starts this week. Game time is like a cheat code for baseball. Because you can, you can. I, I we attended last year on back-to-back days, Wrigley Field and Fenway Park. When we were shooting a show. Saw the White Sox both days. By the way, I was a little like I, know, I'm I just didn't need to see the White Sox back-to-back days. But like to see two Sox like that, you spent nothing. Um Last minute Sox. tickets. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Gooch. Is there a concert you want to go see soon? Have you seen Joel no. yet? I've seen what? <laughs> Billy Joel. No, I'm not. I'm. Actually
5: I'm I'm gonna hold off on making that comment because I don't want my I don't want they, my Twitter never heard of <laughs> Billy Joel. Yeah, be Kim very Rocky. careful. Be very yeah. careful here. Dude, yeah, you, you have to treat Billy Joel with uh the utmost respect or else people will they jump down your throat. Billy Joel fans. You know those- sneaky, sneaky toxic. They're like they're right there with the Nicki Minaj fans.
3: Dude, you
5: know, which uh, like
3: he was lining up tickets to go to Owl City the other day. He's <laughs> like, I can't wait for my Owl City concert.
0: You know, Dude, uh, Fireflies those- is such a banger. <laughs> those facebook maps it's like the biggest fan of like this player like the jersey yeah. maps like who it's like 49 states the most popular joel is billy joel but kentucky it's joel kinnaman like they don't even really yeah. recognize billy joel yeah which is crazy
3: but that's that's a long island ride of passage you have to go to a billy joel concert eventually yeah and you can't shit talk cannot shit talk the the, the king
0: since that that is it. yeah uh it just takes a few seconds happen through the app and again the transfer is easier on game time than any other app transfer tickets is a fucking nightmare i'm like transferring a, a, a sporting event ticket and then it's not for a few months and you're like well i don't know if they got that or not uh so mm-hmm. that we'll see but game time nope very easy download the game time app or go to the website enter your email and redeem code lcb for 20 dollars off your first purchase uh depending on what you get there that's a, a massive discount i you go to like a uh, broadway show something yep. like that in new york
3: taylor swift it's huge
0: yeah. yeah. Ta- All right. Taylor Swift.
3: That month. <laughs> you just saved like $500. I want to go see. I want to go
5: see Jeff. Jeff Goldblum stand up. <laughs> oh oh sure but, a-
3: No, he seems like a motherfucker that would have a one man show. That's a yeah, dude that yeah. does a one man show. <laughs> okay. Now, now we're going <laughs> to. <laughs> He's got like the big ass drum on his back and like the little
0: cymbals in front of him. He's playing the song. That's him. Um, so that's that. We'll start with some news. Not a ton of news. There's, there's, it's pretty negative. Very. Um, Shazam and The Rock. Shazam and The Rock. Zachary Levi and The Rock. I'm counting this, by the way, as us missing missing out on something. Yeah. Yes. Because the second, the day after we interviewed Zachary Levi, he starts shitting down The Rock's throat. Uh, He he hates The Rock. Everyone Uh, in DC seems to hate The Rock. (laughs) It's crazy. A very quick recap. You don't know what's going on. It seems as though – and this is not like crazy surprising. We all kind of assume this was happening. The Rock tried to take – it's kind of like succession. He did a bear hug. He tried to He tried to take, really over, to take he, over DC. Very unsuccessfully, might I add you. Uh, <laughs> he, he tried to take <laughs> over – If you had told someone in
5: 1999 1999- – The rock is going to try to take over the second biggest movie studio
0: in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just, he failed miserably. Uh, Black Adam. He's not going to return as black Adam by all accounts, maybe one day, but I mean, they've left the door open out of pure courtesy. It seems like. Yeah. Um, No. So he denied a Zachary Levi, a, a Shazam black Adam crossover. Zachary Levi's come out in records saying we had a whole scene planned. out. So we meet Hawkman, all this shit, and Rock's like, "No, the DC is going to be centered around Superman and Black Adam." Um, grossly overstating the care and interest of people, and I, I will note Iron Man was not popular when Iron when Tony Stark took him out, but that's such a different scenario. And I didn't say I was really comparing that, but like if DC had just started out their their cinematic universe, maybe it could work. But we're so far gone on that. No, like nobody except someone with the, the most baked in delusion could think that that would work. Um, DC was like, fuck that. That's not happening. Uh, now James Gunn, Peter Stafford, they've taken over to some controversy, I guess, within like the Snyder fan world. But basically, exactly what's been just crapping there on the movie. He's like, Shazam, like, b- because he's basically blaming, like, Shazam's not doing well. Horrible. Cr- and I will note, we all agree, Sam, it's completely lost the charm from the first one. They like completely missed the bowl on what made the first one good. But th- The Rock's taking some fire from Levi for why this is not working out. And this is this is a another The Rock war in a Hollywood franchise. Second franchise he may have or may not have tanked with that end
3: fast. A little Fast is doing just fine financially, but it did did a bit of damage to the cast relations department. Can we can we really say he's he's the cause of the fall of DC the DCEU? You know, no, because his movie was I, coming out when the when the, the the plant was already dead he was just a, yeah. a new leaf on it basically that was, it's i don't know just it feel bad <laughs> to a degree not for the rock but just for dc fans right because like they all just yeah. want the same thing we do good movies or whatever and then the rock probably thought i would assume to, like he didn't want to go in there and just tank all of dc he probably just thought like the same thing we do which is like hey this shit ain't working maybe if we just Go in and kind of like jumpstart shit it'll it'll be able to like revive and have some sort of competition with marvel and then he just comes in and makes it all about him and everyone hates his ass and now it's that was like the kind of the death rattle of dc you know what I yeah mean? it's like that's the last the lasting image i guess of the end of the dc era but until the flash comes out is like the rock destroying it dude so. they saw aquaman 2 and aquaman 2 i just keep forgetting and about and that I, and i and the word on the street
5: is that that movie is not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the word on the street is yeah. that it's like a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not not that good. Which is guess- which is so funny cuz they're going to reboot the franchise while still having the old franchise movies come out and the reboot of the new franchise word on the street is it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And if it's amazing and then they just jump back into the old franchise immediately, I mean, it's such a such a shit show. It's just Zachary weird. Le- it's like- Zachary Levi is just not built built for like this kind of conflict like he's too nice he's too like too. much of a like goofy nice guy to
3: like be caught up but in all this also like his instagram live and stuff like he feel <laughs> I, like i feel like i i would be in the same place he is where like i wouldn't be able to take criticism the way anyone oh, no. in major Hollywood things are but like he's like having like a legit like like breakdown over it like just going off on like these these weird crazy tangents and stuff and, like again yeah, that's the stuff i would do if i was in the same situation but like he's <laughs> Just not built for this sort of franchise world. He's built for doing like really just good heart movies. You know what I mean? He's I think he's like a really cool. He has a really good like sort of charismatic charm to him in the right places, and like that's yeah. the movies I feel like I but want to see him in more. Legitimately great,
5: Chuck. Like I know you we you joke a about that. Oh yeah, like he be was great as Chuck. Like that was that worked well for him.
3: Mm-hmm. He was great. Uh, Should have been
5: in,
2: and in the
0: Long- Chipmunks. <laughs> Should have been in Longmire. <laughs> I, I will also note, too, I mean, I I completely get this, and I'd probably side with Levi in terms of, like, the shittiness of what The Rock is trying to do here, because over time, it became clear that he was doing the same thing with Fast and Furious, and you're like, Jesus, man, like, maybe don't fucking steamroll a franchise. With that said, I'm not sure the Shazam and The Rock crossover would have really done that much to improve this movie's box office or success. It is no. his main villain, but, like. Yeah, I don't him think being in it, but he was never supposed to be in it in the first place, though. Right. Like they were the idea was like maybe yeah. next time. No, I mean, if, he, if if it comes out that he stopped that, then it becomes a different story. Then it's like, OK, yeah. like that might be his fault.
3: It does feel like a very like FOMO wish of the rock where he's just like, I have the upgrade to Shazam and Superman. Why would I ever degrade myself by fighting Shazam instead of fighting yeah. Superman, which is the villain I want, the big hitter? But uh I don't know. That's how I would feel if I was Zachary Levi, right? Where it's like he feels like he's like, I, I'm above you. The character of Black Adam is too good for Shazam. Like that's something that can happen later.
5: Dude, people thought Black Adam was made up when they announced that movie. <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. People were calling it woke woke Hollywood. They're like, Oh, of course, DC has to do since Marvel had Black Panther, DC's coming out with Black Adam. People don't even know it was a real character.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I love. I still love, to this day, the White Panther picture of Ryan Gosling in the Black Panther suit. So every, every single time I see it, it makes me laugh.
5: Someone posted of, like, a full compli- compilation, like,
3: it was, like, Selma, but it was Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just every single person in the movie is Tom Hanks. I love that, actually. They're all across the bridge. Um, he would love that, by the way. He loves doing a weird act. He loves doing an accent other than his own, So
0: The other... The other news is in the Marvel world, which is going to be incredibly interesting to watch play out. Uh, pretty sad state of uh, news. Jonathan Majors was arrested in New York after uh, police called it a domestic dispute. His team has denied it, said basically truth will come out, no wrongdoings. But in the meantime, and we're not saying anyone yet is guilty or innocent at this point. Uh, though the look is not great as many people in the film community have now come out and been like John Mayer is a massive piece of shit like a, like an abuser uh like both verbally I, like it it's been it's been kind of seeping out and there was a tweet a few months ago from somebody in that community in the New York like acting community all that saying like there is somebody who's going viral now in the movie world who everyone loves who is not a good person. And when this news came out, someone said, is it Majors? And he was like, the was like yep. It's like, ding, 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 I think they said. Uh, so uh, we're not sure what's going to happen here, but whether or not that's the case, he is the backbone of the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward in terms of villain. So you have to only assume that Disney is fucking scrambling right now. I have no idea what will happen. This is like a- Because even if he's... Even if, like, these... Like, this gets dropped, right? Even if he is oh, not yeah. found guilty of anything here. Disney like, Disney will not play ball with this. They won't. And, it, like, it, it's the mm-hmm. rumors that come out. They definitely have a leash. Um, people like to compare Chris Pratt and uh, what's her face? Um, Cara Dune. Oh, uh, fuck. What's her
3: name? Damn it. I forget. Cara Dune. La- name. Let me go get large. Yeah. Yeah. Well, large and little name. That's true. No, it us like Kara
0: What the fuck is her name? Gina Carano. Gina, Gina Carano. Carano. There we go. Wait, they weren't similar, but people said, like, you know, Chris Pratt said some things that kind of pushed the envelope a little bit for Disney, but they've never really they wavered. close to Gina Carano. Correct. Not even close. Like, not even yeah, like, comparable. There's definitely, like, a level of, like, you can get away with stuff. This is a mm-hmm. whole different
5: camp. I saw people saying, oh, well, RD, RDJ got his second. I'm like, we used it on drugs. Like, yeah. Yeah, doing so it's cocaine.
0: totally. <laughs> yeah totally different now if like the floodgates open again i don't want it there's it's 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 pretty senseless and also definitely the borderline growth to, to speculate to or something like this but it is worth noting like you way too big of news to not mention um yeah. I, I i have no idea what they do if they have to re- like i will the say the,
3: the very good thing is that kang is a, a multiverse built villain every single one of his multiverse versions of himself is uh, all whatever they I forget what they call them variants like they could just look different like they could just do that it's all half the characters they showed us in the post credits and shit like they were all they look different. They look they were wearing tons of prosthetic makeup shit like that. You could just kind of do that and I think get away with it relatively easily. Um I do know like I know one person my roommate went to college with Jonathan Matron said so he was like the nicest guy in the world. Like she was like she didn't she was in the acting program with him and like they work together all the time and like she was like, Yeah, he's great. He's like so much it was like really fun to work with, really collaborative and stuff like that. Um, that's the only connection I have, like third like second degree with him. But um I again, I if other people who are worked with him more recently, like obviously shit changes the more famous, I guess yeah. you get too. So all that I can mean, change.
5: I mean, yeah, it'll be a real shame if this comes out as just not true because like we said, Disney will not play ball even with the allegation. I don't think I think this is they're probably recasting him uh just because that is a massive stink and that it'll be hard to shake um if it's true fucking terrible like yeah he's gonna have to go i don't know how marvel fixes that because like you said i mean i guess if you want to look at it from like an eagle eye perspective like more general audience like he was Mm -hmm. only in one episode of loki i'm gonna assume he's probably in a lot season two and then
3: an ant-man movie that not a was un- underperformed severely and he was in 20 seconds of that ant-man movie as it was so like yes yeah, it's, it's so, like not they're, they're not in the worst states they're not like this is avengers part two and they need to recast brolin you know what i mean like this is yeah or uh in, or end game whatever and like, it's i think it's an easier spot for them especially when you include the multiverse to just recast him as someone else throw on the prosthetics whatever who cares and everyone will i don't think anyone's going to have a big issue if they recast him if that makes sense if this is all true stuff and no one's going to be like well how how dare you recasting yeah. it's gonna be fine no one cares it's a movie yeah it's we can use our imagination to bridge the gap of of a recast i think that's yeah, fine we'll,
0: we'll see it's it's impossible to figure out what's going to happen here um his his attorney said they have like video evidence and proof that would exonerate him in the situation saying he or their mips are required to make an arrest in these situations only reason he was arrested they expect the charges to be dropped and then it becomes a big time who says what? Because everything else is, is pure speculation at this point. They said that accusers just haven't come forward, so pretty big news. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I mean, I don't know who, who you recast? Sam Richardson, the guy who plays Richard split. I like him. Yes, I would this love is, that. That'd be great. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> Dude, that guy rocks. He's so fucking
3: funny in Veep. For like, and then <clears> uh, obviously Tim Robinson, Detroiters, great. Detroit, more people need to watch Detroiters. Very funny. What was uh, the? Uh, what was the Werewolves Within? He was great in that too. What, what was that movie?
5: Uh Werewolves Werewolves with with it. Wasn't yeah, that yeah. The, the little cabin cabin yep. movie?
0: Yeah. Yep. That was he was really his, good in that. Yeah. What's the email in Veep? Oh, splet two at splitnet.net. And he's like Yes. He's like, you know, I don't want my father to go, but I'd be nice to get my hands on that handle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Richard he has so many good lines in that.
3: Oh my God. Such <laughs> a funny character. Him and Jonah, just amazing him and Jonah are kind of like the the Tom and Greg of, yeah. of Veep uh, at at yep. a point. Um,
0: which I guess we'll we'll get to now. I uh, will do Mandalorian real quick. Mandalorian uh, had a, had their most recent episode last week, a short episode, um, but best very episode. cool. Man, Mandal- a big it was, it's the best best Jurassic Park movie to come out in the last ten years. <laughs> um, it was, uh, yeah, it was cool. It it it, it 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 kind of went back to like the little side quest adventure stuff, and I just like I'm I'm my my one. My one hesitation about the show, and I and I actually seen people tweet about this, is how the the Mandalorians and how the... Like, how their... Like, Din Djarin and them are viewed in terms of being, like, religious freaks has been kind of... Maybe changed a little bit, but we get a different perspective of them as Bo-Katan joins them and doesn't take off her helmet and everything. I... For them to just kind of all fall in line together would be a bit of a disappointing story arc, but I'm not convinced. I think Bo Katan is kind of quietly like picking up on things and not fully letting out her secrets about uh, like the Mythosaur and all that. And I do think there's going to be almost like some sort of Mandalorian civil war between them at some point. That's I think my that, whole. Like- if it becomes they all become one big happy family, like I kind of find that to be a bit of a, a meh.
3: I will say that there was obviously the arc in Mandalorian uh, or not in Clone Wars rather kind of follows that, the structure of like, hey, look, death, the, the remnants of Death Watch, like the Night Owls, they join up with the Republic with the goal of like the mutual goal of taking back Mandalore. So like that was cool. And like maybe she'd follow something more similar to that where it's like them and um, the entirety of the, the, the covert joint forces to take back Mandalore or, or fight the Empire and get back their shit. Um, and I can see that happening. Um, but also, I don't know, I, I, the way it's presenting right now, where, where they talk with the way they talk about the mythosaur with the founder t- kind of having that conversation with Bo-Katan and like her becoming, I don't know, maybe a little bit more in line with them. Like, I wouldn't hate that either to a degree, because that, that's a huge part of the appeal of Mandalore is like their culture and their lore being so built into like, hey, like, this is what we do. We're we're, we're Spartans of Star Wars, basically. And like that part is cool. And so if she were to join more back into that line versus, like, the, you know, more standard Star Wars character, bounty hunter, whatever, I'm totally fine with that. Um, But even outside of that, just an awesome episode. I mean, Ahmad Best getting his shine, one of the coolest things I think Mandalorian has ever done. One of the great Filoni, Favreau, um, uh, we talk about them all the time, like, them cleaning up the messes of the, the prequel trilogies and sequel trilogies, whatever. Like, this is one of their best moments, getting Ahmad Best a little bit of shine, the same character that um he plays uh in jedi temple
0: um was it jedi temple challenge or whatever show? i have not watched also it speaks to like how good they've done it and i i think it may be out there somewhere i haven't looked um but they've done such a great job we talked actually you'll hear it we talked to katie sackoff about it they've done a great job of really keeping the spoilers at bay with the mandalorian we're like you cannot avoid some marvel spoilers like it's or dc it's impossible like in, yeah. if you're on social media and you like those moves, and you fall. You're going to see it by mistake, or like it's it just it's going to happen. Mandalorian stuff really doesn't come out. Like you are surprised by things that happen. And when he walked in. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Was exactly, like, oh, it was crazy. And for, for him to really get, get his little. With that. For him to get his little redemption and then for them
3: to also add in there's always a bigger fish moment at the end of the episode was just like that's just Mm -hmm. a perfect chef kiss on the episode. And this is one of the things I always love about Mandalore is like the serial nature of it is just like you do the little side quests like you got to do a chore to get before you get the main quest line you like finish You need to go do a, a side quest to get it finished. And like, that's kind of just something I've always liked about the show. And I'm assuming a lot of other people have liked about the show too. And like, that's why I love episodes like this where it's a little asides. Oh, and by the way, the the little kid Ragnar, that's Jimmy Kimmel's son. I don't know if we talked about really? this in a long take, who yeah. has now played two roles in the Mandalorian. He, or er, in the Mandalorian universe, I guess, because he played one of the Tusken Raider kids in book of Boba Fett. He just, you can't stop picking up roles. Yeah. Wesley Kimmel. Come on, Jimmy. Good. have done better <laughs> than that. Wes, he, hey, I'm Jimmy. Here's my kid, Wesley. Like, that's what? like that's like a, a British aristocracy ass name. You're Jimmy Kimmel. You're entertainer. Name your kid an entertainer name. I mean, I don't
0: know. Wes, <laughs> um, uh, Gooch. I,
5: does uh, does is Order Sixty Six like just the most reliable play in the Star Wars play? <laughs> it Starbucks is. Club? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like the most traumatic. Like terrible thing to happen in the star wars universe and for some reason it just you you get you get so hyped every every time you see it
0: it's it's just always works um the the thing is about that though it's that that's where dave Filoni is so good at taking things from star wars and the prequels that aren't fleshed out and that have so many avenues you can go down or it doesn't make things ridiculous right And it all seamlessly fits in the story. That's what he's best at. And it's an example like this where you're like, well, that's not a crazy leap. Like we joked about Fast and Furious, right? Where they they pull the, they're going to, they're in the next one, they're going to pull the fucking vault or safe and you're going to see the character, which that does work. I've I've said, like, I do like that. That's cool. But it's one of those things you're like, oh, all right. Like, but this one, you're like, oh, I totally believe that. Like, I believe that he, Mm -hmm. it it sets up well. So that that's my biggest thing about (laughs) Filoni that I love.
3: I, uh, we were talking about a long take, which I was playing Fallen Order, like replaying it ahead of the new game coming out. The Order 66 mission still, like they hit the music, like the the Order 66 music, and they just have the clones fighting the Jedi. It just plays. I'm immediately just like, fuck yes, Order 66, baby. But it makes no sense because it's like the Holocaust of Jedis, yeah, the biggest good like- guys in the entire un- Jedi, uh, Star Wars universe, and we're all just rooting to see more of it. It's crazy.
5: Oh, my gosh. A little a little Grogu was so – like. I swear to God, he gets cuter by the episode. If you, he does. It's it's pretty crazy. If you told me that Disney spent upwards of fifty million dollars in R and D figuring out how to make the cutest creature possible, and that's what the like, I would believe you because that the way he moves, just the little gestures, every little noise, it's just like adorable. I saw Robbie or Clem, one of them, were saying that the way he jumps looks weird. And they got
3: to fix it. I was like, no, it's so funny that way.
5: No, it's, awesome. it
0: fits that type of character. It fits that type that's of what like Yoda did. Puppet.
3: Yes, that's what Yoda did in the in the what do you call it? Attack of the Clones fight with Dooku. That's how he jumped.
0: Yeah, it oh. it is just very well done that that character and how much time and effort. Like, I really want to see like a, a super behind the scenes on the development of that character because we've seen the past other like George Lucas spent months on Dexter Jetster. <laughs> like i, I want to see the like the planning of like just just like the robe and like how we it is pretty fascinating because it it i mean I, you could kind of say it saves star wars because whether you like i love the last jedi but like imagine if they didn't have the mandalorian like where they'd be is a mm-hmm. bad place so it, it it's a crazy crucial decision to put little baby yoda in it but it sure fucking worked out
3: yeah <laughs> Uh, my favorite meme still, like every now and then I go back to it, is the, the J.K. Rowling versus George Lucas one, where it's just like fucking J.K. Rowling going every five seconds like, yeah, actually Harry Potter hates <laughs> trans people or whatever. And then it's George Lucas being like, Qui-Gon Jinn gets his hair done by hairstyle fungos or something like that. And everyone's <laughs> like, yes, give me more. And that's, just the, that's the world of Star Wars, man. I did like the kid being called Ragnar. That's a perfect just dumb brain Mandalorian name. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that is.
2: How that, many, that, uh, that
5: really is. How many episodes do you think we have until Bo-Katan has that Darksaber in her hand? Good question. She can't kill Mando, so... No, but she's going to end up with it somehow. Yeah, she has it's to. one of those things that feels inevitable.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think... I, I think she's going to get it before... The finale. I, I don't think it's going to be like a finale thing. I think it's like maybe third to last episode, right? Or second to last. Like mm-hmm. I think it's the thing that she gets. That, that Mandalorian, been, that's been kind of the, the format of Mandalorian. It's like the big thing they get or they do happens right before the finale where it's like it sets, it goes into that. So probably second to last episode. That'd probably be a good yeah. guess.
3: Um, I was finishing up my rewatch of the second season. Um, whilst Obviously the third season coming out. Uh, The scene... Where they infiltrate the base with Bill Burr and Bill Burr has that conversation with that officer that he used to work with is one of the yeah. cool, like that is one of the best TV scenes I can remember from the anything really in the last few years. That's so I think that's goddamn the good I think the
0: dialogue. It's my it's my I've determined it's my favorite Mandalorian episode. The season two yeah. of Bill Burr episode is so fucking good. It hits every beat you want from Star Wars. The fun shit in the beginning in the junkyard, the chase scene, you mm-hmm. have your root for Tie Fighters in that episode, and then you hate hey, it, it's yep. it's got. It is like the perfect mix of everything, and then it brings in this new age, like Star Wars, like pretty well written, like pretty cool, dramatic, mm-hmm.
3: scene. yeah, really good conversation. And mentioning in bringing in Operation Cinder, something from the video games, which is just mm-hmm. crazy. It's crazy how influential like bits and pieces from the video games have become have become into the lore of Star Wars. Unlike what was the Fortnite reveal? The Fortnite reveal was Star Wars Rise it was of Palpatine. Skywalker. It was Palpatine. And then what was, did Christopher Nolan do something with Fortnite once? Yeah, he I, did. Tenant, I, did I remember with, what with, it was. Uh, Tenant,
0: Yeah. What was did you know the, trailer? Did gonna, he the trailer? Did he see the trailer? There's going to be, he's, he's going to, John Wick did something. <laughs> he's going to oh, drop the John Wick bomb. skin is,
3: is legendary in Fortnite. Yeah. That was like, oh, that's if, if you is. saw
0: some of the John Wick skin, you went running in Fortnite. I'm, that was. <laughs> I'm not a gamer. I'm, uh, I'm not a timer. They're going to drop the atom bomb on the tilted towers. Redo the map. Yes, exactly. What's even more? Because Fortnite's not on its way out, but like, I guess Warzone's Zones
3: too on the nose.
0: Somebody tweeted a video of the new of like what Fortnite looks like now. Like, there's a new like, I guess there's a you can do like a custom builder for it, and mm-hmm. it looks pretty fucking cool. So I'm like, is this even Fortnite anymore? I met. I was thinking about we used to stream Fortnite with Trill. It was it was a blast when that first. I came still out. remember our first our first match our first win. I remember. Yeah, it was. I think we
3: we're in the we were in the last little tiny bit of the circle, and me and Tru were just trying to build up like a little tiny structure. And like the guy shot at I think killed him, and then I shot him, and then we won. And it was just like we were
0: screaming on the mics, like you would not believe for our first W. We had a we had one time too where we brought a guy with us, and we didn't really play the yeah. game. We just tried to we just tried to sabotage him and annoy him yeah. the entire
3: time, dude. It, it was so fun. <laughs>
0: Oh man,
5: I miss those days. I was like 2017. I, 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 used to, I used to do that shit in Elder Scrolls. I would oh just yeah. Pair up with people for missions and then just not do it. Yep. let <laughs> um,
0: so
5: then
3: do that in too. 2. So
0: that's Mandalorian. Let's, let's do uh, Succession Season 4, Episode 1. Uh, if you, spoiler alert here, if you have watched it yet, pretty quick recap. Um, we open up and we find out that the kids... <clears throat> uh, I almost, called, I almost said Tom and Logan, both not the kids. Uh, Shiv, Kendall and Roman, they're <laughs> trying to create a a disruptor company. It's got so much dumb jargon. The hundred. It's, so, it's and perfect. Him, it looks like, like The Athletic. <laughs> they have yeah. the same mm-hmm. color scheme and font as The Athletic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's just, I don't know, I'm going to start resetting the entire script, so I won't do it. Uh, but they find out that uh, Logan wants to buy Pierce again, PGN. And uh, And it sounds like it's going to happen. That's going to be their big play as they're about to close the deal on uh, Gojo, Alexander Scars character's company, Madison, uh, Matson, excuse me. Uh, And then the kids decide, fuck it, let's take our money. We're able to get the money because when the sale goes through, we can divest and all that. We can have our money. Um, Let's buy Pierce. Uh, So they go, they go see the Pierce family, which we'll talk about Pierce family in a second. They're... Perfect characters. I, that I, I, we talk about in group Texas line. Nan Pierce is the is a great example of why the show works so well. Because mm-hmm. even the characters supposed to like you fuck like it's just everybody sucks and they just find a way to reinvent a way a character can suck. Uh, and then we find out the kids beat them in a in a in a bidding war um, for PGN, and the kids are gonna buy Pierce. Uh, which I think sets up – I want you wonder what you guys think. For a final season, to have it set up that there's going to be a pissing match over an election via a right-wing and left-wing news organization, I think that's a great way to have, like, the kids versus the dad play out here instead of just them trying to, like, build a company and, and, and beat dad that way. I think this is a cool way to kind of reinvent what's the same thing, again, for the fourth season, Them, it's the kids versus the dad. Um, I do like the way it's setting up so far. I'm pretty fired up about that. It
3: would be funny if they uh the entirety of Waystar Roak Roy Roy Co. Star Roy that they could have thought of a better name. Um if they had like <laughs> threw their entire wipe weight behind Connor Roy to try and get him to be the the uh, electorate, that'd be kind of cool.
0: Oh, he's so pathetic. He is <laughs> he's so the one of the pathetic holding, characters no, ever. He's holding strong at one 1%. At
3: 1%. <laughs> oh, those meanies of all the percents they have, is, they want to take your percent. <clears throat> Isn't that the lowest you can go? <laughs> Isn't that the lowest number that they
0: have?
1: Oh let's God. let's do so let's
0: do winners and losers, and we can branch off that and talk more about the episode. But I mean, thoughts though? Are you guys pleased with? Pretty good first episode. I thought it was a good, great way to hey, start. Why don't, why don't we just go through and give a winner? It's, Everybody give a winner.
3: I do. I was texting with Trill about it this morning. Trill, not totally thrilled with the the opening episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, What's the line he said? He said he the, the show is the worst when all three kids are by themselves. It's like a succession memes account wrote the dialogue and then he wrote a dialogue for it. It was <laughs> Kendall, I uh bought a box of macaroons, Roman oh, you bought some fuckeroons, huh? Some fuckeronies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. He's not that. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> but I <clears throat> I do like that it seems like they're going to be together for a little while, though, because it's one of those things where the, if I was really worried, it would be like a bait and switch where it would be like, oh, no, Roman's already back with dad, which I guess may happen soon mm. based on the preview. Um, I didn't watch I, it. I, yeah. I, I want to see them actually team up for a little bit. Like, we got that bit up know? at the end of last season. Like, I, like, I want to see that Rope. play out for a little while.
5: Roman is one of my losers from this episode. All I right, felt let's, bad. Let's, for him. let's do losers. Do your lose. do your three losers first. Yeah, Roman Roman was my number one loser. His, really? His, his siblings, they they completely <clears throat> ditched his idea that he'd been working so hard on. He had something. And they shot his dream down. He's also the one that's always right, but he just doesn't have the the drive or charisma to Make everybody agree with his points. The wherewithal like he, to defend himself, basically. Yeah, like he—he's right way more often than Shiv and Kendall are. Like Shiv and Kendall, like driven, but fucking idiots. And same with old Connor, <laughs> dumbass mm. Connor. He's one of my winners, though. All
0: right, who? who, uh, who, who yeah. So my, Robert, other, my other my other loser,
5: Logan. Logan is just—you can tell this. He doesn't want to show it, but the kids leaving it it has fucking wrecked him. Like that scene in the yeah. diner when he's talking to Colin and he's like, you're you're my pal. You're my That's, best pal. He's "He's, like, he's one
0: of my losers too. Though I'd say third loser. But that when he has to tell Colin security guy who's had like 10 lines that he's his best pal. I'm like, oh, yeah. dude, he's like loser. trying to get like he's like buddies to like jab
5: him because he wants like to have like a friendship with someone. He's thinking about death. Like he's like talking about he's like, where do you think we go? <laughs> like he's like, I don't think anything happens.
0: Carl is a is. Such a good fucking side character. He, he, I laugh every time Carl is just disheveled in front of Logan. He's like, he's like, oh, what, boss? He's like, it's a bit fucking dry in here, Carl. Tell me a it, it, He is just, he's, he's just a babbling idiot every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
5: and What's then your- uh, my final loser would be Kendall. Uh, Kendall, his his crazy ex girlfriend is now fucking his sister's husband.
3: So that's just the now. Kindle is
5: just a born cuck.
3: Yeah. I got all three children are my number one pick. All the the three main kids in their entire venture. They spent $3 million over asking price for a media. $3 billion, sorry, over asking price for a media empire. Uh, Then I got Connor Roy, um, just being a pathetic loser um, in general. And then also I got his wife. Will, was it Wilhelma, right? Both Willa. Both of them. She's Willa. You know, I think her technical name is Will Helma. At least that's what I saw on IMDb or something. But she, um, she losing her wedding out to becoming like a media circus to keep him in the 1%. She's a loser. Connor Roy wanting to do that. He's a loser and trying to hold on to 1% in an election. Also a loser. So them two, and then the three children as a single pick. <clears throat> the strong 1%.
0: Losers for me, I think number 1 loser is Tom. I think Tom is the biggest loser in this episode. Tom is just Tom where where Greg, which I'll talk about Greg in a second. Tom is he's losing his loser's wife which you can tell crushes him. He he asks to fuck, gets denied. Uh he is not <laughs> built to be Logan's number 2 guy. Just just doesn't have it in him. It just, he just crumbles. Um the only though I did think I was like, "Oh, shoot, we got a new Tom." And he's like it's like, like, talk to you later, Shiv, or like, see, like, good to hear from you, Shiv, or something like that. I was like, oh, he might have it in him, but he's got no backbone around, around Logan. Logan even, he's like, <laughs> he's Logan like, roasts food. Him. He's like, get some mm-hmm. food in here. He's acting a little nutty. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would say Greg, Greg's, Greg's new girlfriend is stinks. Uh, it just yeah. absolutely stinks <laughs> making fun of her bag was very funny though that was crazy <laughs> yeah, yeah. When roasting there's her a, bag some of the best writing of the show is when Tom goes on his rants and he just uses big words and and just strings mm-hmm. along just roast after roast um, I had to look up a food that he level. referenced he, he said that he, he, was,
3: he was uh scarfing down some sort of appetizer I had to look up what it was and I already forgot what it was it was some <laughs> sort of grape or something like crep, credit pay or something I don't know
0: Um losers Logan Logan's just Though I will say, it's, it's the Tom quote from season three. He's never seen, basically, Logan ever lose. That's, like, the one thing. It's like, he, Logan never finds, he like, he'll find a way to win out of the situation probably in the next episode. But that, they Just kill the deal with Gojo when that killed yeah. their financing on whatever. Yeah, but what a sad, oh, them telling Connie's his best bud. And he told him three <laughs> times, too. You're my pal you my
3: best. Like bud.
2: That,
3: I forget what uh, I think it's from what we do in the shadows. It was like the same quote that Matt Barry says. He's he talking about, I think the kid my like, good, time, my boy. My good my time boy, my good time boy, Matt Barry. What are the all time? He is someone who was underappreciated actors in all of Hollywood. He's so fucking funny. I don't give a fuck. His name was Mike. <laughs> <laughs> he's so fucking good. He, he, there's an episode. For those of you that haven't watched what we do in the shadows, an amazing show on FX Hulu. The, uh, there's a, an episode he has with uh, Mark Hamill. That is one of the funniest episodes of television I think I've ever seen. Jackie Daytona episode, if you oh, remember yeah. that. So goddamn good. Uh, this is how we talk in Tucson,
5: Arizona. In
0: Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> how do we get on this? All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, winners. I'll, I'll go winners first. I actually just I, – I thought, I thought Roman looked the best. I thought Roman had to buckle on things, but Roman is so in control compared to what he was in the first season. Like, he – He's still—he's definitely smarter than both of them. His downfall is—I think—he just gets tired. Like you just like it's <laughs> just, whenever whenever he buckles something, he just you just look—he's and like, yeah, I just don't—I just don't have it in me. Yeah, to that's do
3: loser mentality, which is why he's on the loser list.
0: Yeah, but even but even and like, it, I'm just too tired to defend my ideas. His his lines—he like when when Nan Pierce is doing her stupid negot like she's like what seven eight what comes after nine he's like nine b he just and then (laughs) like ah, it's so sad when love dies when when shiv announced that her and tom are in divorce Mm -hmm. i I did like roman nan pierce the winner nan pierce played everybody uh i texted the group about this last night she is the perfect exact opposite of logan but also like not at all like what she is is the opposite, but she is just as big of a piece of shit, just like her whole ah, this is so disgusting this 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 bidding war, <laughs> and she's just such an unlikable person, but set up in the exact opposite i guess left wing liberal way, uh, so yeah, and she completely played everybody, got everything she wanted and then while I have Tom and Greg as the losers, my f- number three winner is the disgusting brothers because they're very, <sighs> <clearly there. laughs> oh yeah, the disgusting brothers. <laughs> So fucking funny! And I like, was wondering, what's going to be the like, thing that plays the most? That I went on Twitter right after, and it, it was immediately one of the top three trends. Disgusting brothers! Also, like, it's it's so so <laughs> <cute>. Someone <laughs> just posted the Kobe, the Kobe Shaq highlights.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like and just Tom would to be. Like, it was draped in irony, Tom, and Eric. He <laughs> right? And he's just like, "Yeah, I know. I, I totally knew that. Was, that was very good." Um Okay, so. My three winners. I also have Nan. Nan getting three billion over asking is awesome. Uh, you're the number one winner in the world, right there. Uh, and then she also, like you're saying, like I just love how she's the performative version of of Logan Roy, where Logan Roy doesn't give a shit and he'll just show you all his cards straight on the table. Like she just has to save face and be this like you know performative good guy. She's very similar to if any if anyone here has listened to or watched Futurama, the character Mom she's like a giant business magnet that kind of cosplays as like a good old fashioned granny. And then like behind closed doors, she's just like a, you know, shark. Um, My other second winner is Logan's bodyguard, Colin. Um, Talk about, I mean, the dude is a bodyguard and he's the best friend of the biggest media magnet in the entire world. Like that's, he's the number one. He, he should actually be the number one winner. He's my number one winner. And then after him, uh, I have Tom as my number one, big boy winner. Uh, They may have lost the bid, but also, they didn't bid three billion over the ask, and they also she he's getting away from Shiv, who was a bad wife. Another W for our boy Tom. He started up the disgusting brothers. Another win for Tom. And every single line he said is funny. Like every single line he says in the show is amazing. And like he, uh, when he was t- his conversation with Logan Roy was perfect because Logan Roy just will never give a straight answer on anything. Like he so badly wants reassurance. That he'll be okay when they divorce. And like, he just, he's like, if we're good, we're good. It's like just the most <laughs> nebulous, non answer you can give him. And Greg just being like, I don't know if I should be, that's just no reassurance to me whatsoever. Just so many funny lines from Tom. So he's my third winner. Dude, even when he's like delivering like
5: the most dramatic, like heartbreaking scene, he's like, I could try to make love to you. <laughs> make a, <laughs> yeah, he said
3: make love, you know what he reminds me of sometimes is Francis. He has like a grown yes. up Francis vibe mean? for sure. Yes. Talks just like, like they you, talk just like each other. Would you like if I make love to you right now? <laughs> this
5: is so um, my my number three winner, uh, the Pierce's, uh, the whole family, not just Nan Pierce
0: getting. I mean, they're all getting paid off. This with like, their stinky media company too. By the way, just just yeah. a, uh, like people like they joke about WaveStar being like a dying like a dinosaur. Pierce is like years before that in terms of dying. Like they are on mm-hmm. its beyond on its last leg. Yeah, so the Pierce family get,
5: getting out nice with that payday. And also, Naomi, Naomi's just running running the streets on the Roys right now. I mean, she probably planned this.
0: Probably planned the whole <laughs> thing. Nan and, Nan and Naomi running the pick and roll on the Roys. Dude, seriously.
5: Yep. Good Lord. Uh, number two, Greg. Uh, even though Guy yelled at, uh, he's been swiping. He's found love. He's been swiping on the apps. Uh, had sex in a guest bedroom at his uncle's house uh pretty sweet Mm. if you ask me i mean greg is greg is on the come up they know his name also just roasting the shit out of logan (laughs) roasted him yeah it just he didn't even do a roast he just did the like it just reminded me of a norm mcdonald like roaster he just gets up there and just says shit like you're mean you're mean old man mean old bastard (laughs) where your where are your grandchildren logan where are they (laughs) that was a great one
3: where's your dad that was a good one.
5: Oh my gosh yeah, you can tell it hurt him because he's like where's your dad sucking dick at the county fair <laughs> yeah
3: and greg just like lowers his head he's like uh. oh fuck
5: uh my number one is connor while well, connor is holding strong at one percent and he's gonna get the wedding of his fucking dream because he's gonna have mm-hmm. hobo fights and tons of
0: hoopla you can <laughs> you can tell there is impending Oopla. massive cringe coming up with connor and like the two the democrat and republican candidate you can you just know there's gonna be a moment with his character that you're gonna like melt into your chair and be and like oh fuck dude i feel mm. like connor's gonna have like a winning moment it's gonna fuck with like the
5: because you know if like anytime the independent party pulls in like too many votes ends up fucking like with one of the parties like i feel like he's gonna accidentally end up pulling at like three percent and it's gonna fuck either the republican or the yeah. democrat candidate. Yeah, like something like that's gonna happen. I feel like
0: <laughs> preview. Preview for the rest of the season was pretty good. I love some of the returning characters. I'm excited for Skarsgård. I hope Adrian Brody's character. Adrian Brody's character is such a piece of shit, um, such an asshole. And I, I love whenever Stewie's in the show. And I'm like, yeah. I, I will. Though I think one of the quiet did you hear? Parties-
3: did you hear his his character is doing an interview and he's like, they're like, how often do you get recognized for Succession? He's like, it's like it's a lot, and people always offer me cocaine. Yeah, like, everyone asks me. he's like, "Hey, you want some Coke?" And I'm was like, "No, I'm I'm not actually Stewie."
0: Uh, I I will never not laugh that Sandy Furness's daughter is Sandy Furness. I think it's the funniest. Like, it's such a stupid like Arrested Development type joke, and just the fact that <laughs> yeah. that's like what's replaced there is so it just kills me every time. Um, yeah, but- yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I I like the setup. I do. I like that it's going to play out via like an election. I think it's a very fun way to change it up a little bit. And like media wars is it's 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 cool. oh, and Logan destroyed that news anchor at the end. It looks like a ball sack with a toupee. <laughs> oh, my oh my god. god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Roasted his ass. Uh. <laughs> man, oh man. Um, all right. That's that's succession. Uh Ad read before we get into uh before we get into our first interview, which we'll do an interview with Katie so We just talked Mandalorian. Then we'll do our John Wick review. Then we'll do John Leguizamo, which uh, a- absolute great anchor to this episode. By the way, definitely stick around, and listen to that interview. He was a, he was very fun. Some great answers comparing uh, the menu and chef, like the best food. Told a great story about the the burger at the end of the menu, actually, which yes. I, I love that story. Yeah. Uh, but this episode brought to you by BetterHelp. This show brought to you by BetterHelp uh getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process especially because always growing and changing how you cope with maybe trauma traumatic events things that may be going on in your life everyone has a different way of doing it but it's hard to figure that out if you're not talking to someone and therapy is a great way to do that uh deepening your self-awareness understanding of things that are going on sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do or how we should react or what's the best way to react to cope uh or just handle things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And that's the big thing. I don't like going to therapy. Doing it online, great. You can do chats. You can do phone calls. You can do video calls. You don't have to see anybody if you don't want to. Uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. To fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Is it BetterHelp? Dot com slash like. Better help. H E L P dot com slash light. Get 10% off your first month. All right. Katie Sackoff, Bo-Katan and Mandalorian. Uh, we nerded out. We never really, we never had a Star Wars interview before. Like full on force for a Star Wars show. We just nerded out and mm-hmm. talked about Star Wars the whole time. Here it is. We are, I looked very hunched over as I do this by his phone. We are joined by Bo-Katan herself, Katie Sackoff. Finally, I don't think we've ever, have we ever done a Star Wars show, Ken Jack? or movie no i don't Gotta think we ever no. have we are star wars super fans we finally talked to talk to somebody about a star wars show thank you for joining us <laughs> mandalorian season three i almost like hey, has kicked very much into today. gear yeah i won't spoil mine i may have a surprise <laughs> later on mine how, how are you feeling <laughs> The new season debuted big another big episode for your character how's it going
2: Oh my gosh. It's, it's just amazing. It's, it's been such a phenomenal gift to be a part of this universe and it just keeps getting better and better. And, you know, the fact that she's been so universally accepted and, and seemingly seemingly loved by everyone is, um, pretty extraordinary. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome.
0: I just saw something we're also – here's another thing with our podcast. We are the, the kings at news or cool facts happening after interviews. Oh, really? I saw a cool one today. Uh, I don't – I again, now I can't pull it up. Somebody works in either sound – someone works in the production team for The Mandalorian seemingly confirmed that in the most recent episode – and this is a spoiler alert if you have not seen season three – season three, episode three of The Mandalorian. Turn, turn off the ears. That – in the chase scene the beginning of this past episode, when the gauntlet flies up in the air, it's supposed to be an ode to the Batwing uh, in Batman. That was what they were trying to go with. thats pre- I don't know if you knew that. That's pretty fucking cool.
2: I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's news to me. If that's the truth, it's awesome.
0: That, I mean, using your character as, like, as, as a Batman ode, I mean, how, how much cooler, especially because your character came in pretty guns blazing in, in season two. We've been fans of Clone Wars or Rebels for so long. Especially this year, you are almost like 1A, 1B to Mando, it seems. How great has that been?
2: Um, you know, it's pretty awesome. I I didn't have any expectations going into season two. You know, the fact that, that Bo was there for two episodes was was really, really cool because I myself was a fan of Clone Wars and Rebels. So to see that character transition into live action was awesome. Um, so to get the call that, that not only are you, you know, going to, be in season three but they sort of you know drop all the episodes at your feet and it was kind of awesome i was like wow okay you know because season two i only got to read my scenes so this is this is new ball game you know where where i have a, a full scope of what's happening um and i like i said i'm just still amazed and and blown away that that the character has been um so accepted as she has and and it's it's really cool it's not really able to see the rest of this. Yeah. Her right? her Sabine
3: Wren, two of the most beloved Mandalorian characters. It's insane. It's yeah. so cool.
2: You know what's so weird though is that Bo was really only in what, like 10 episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels in, in entirety? That's she was not a massive character. She just, when she did show up, um, she left an impression because things, mm-hmm. you know, usually didn't go so well.
0: That is kind of crazy you say that because I did check just to make sure before we got on here and I was just like, I
2: wonder how like how many
0: was there? And I was kind of stunned to see just the number. Yeah, like t- I was like, wait, like she wasn't in like 50 episodes, but I guess that's a that that's a testament to like these types of characters for Star Wars. It's always the characters that you see kind of the small nuggets of that you're like, good lord, like give yeah. me more of that.
2: Because you want to know more about them. Yeah, exactly, right
3: yeah and that arc too just the mandalorian arcs in both um the ending of the uh original run i guess and then the the late seventh or season seven like just so much fun um and you got a pretty rare experience for an actor where you got to voice a character in the animated version and then go to the live action a lot of people do the reverse like yeah. just what well, tell us how you got the call what was the call like when you get at the call like hey you're gonna do this in in live action because i know Feloni said like hey there's a chance but I don't know. You know,
2: he likes to say that. I don't remember him saying that. And if he did, I think I thought he was joking. Um, You know, I mean, who, who would have thought that an animated star Wars show would become such a sort of um wealth of characters to pull from into live action star Wars. I just didn't, I never would have dreamed that that was the case. Um. And so when I got the call, I kind of didn't understand what it was about. It was to go sit down with John Favreau and, and, you know, Dave wasn't there. It was just John. So immediately I was like, well, if this was what I think it is, Dave would be here. Cause I've known Dave for so many years and he wasn't there. So I was like, maybe he just like wants to talk to me about, I don't know. I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. Like maybe he's doing Lion King too. I had no idea. <laughs> um, and uh and it took me a while to realize that my face was already in, like, the previous images, like, on the wall as Bo. And that was so surreal because I had never – when I pictured Bo-Katan, I never pictured my face on her body. It was always just I pictured her in, animated. Um, and so for the first time, like, seeing myself actually associated with her visually was was really crazy.
3: What was the, was there any like goosebump moments like for things when you go from like, cause obviously you see the character all the time, the animated version stuff in pre like you're talking about, but like yeah. seeing the actual props of things or even just getting in the armor for the first time. Were there any moments like that for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, the first time I went to, I went to set um, and was actually like pictured on set. Um, <laughs> it was a scene that Timothy Oliphant was shooting with the jaw was. And I crawled into this little, Space where they were shooting in one of the ships, and like crawled in with John and Dave to take a photo, and um, it was pretty surreal to like be surrounded by Jawas and like do that. But I think the biggest moment was holding the dark saber, um, like actually holding it and feeling the weight of it. This season was pretty awesome.
0: You, we mentioned Dave Filoni a little bit, and we actually got to talk to Freddie Prince Jr. about him a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, now, again, though, not about Star Wars, though. We just happen to talk Star Wars. You're first actual Star Usually, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not home in New York. Usually, my walls are lined with action figures. This is, like, the one time we can, like, really make it Star Wars energy. Can't do it. But <laughs> Filoni, listening to people, probably specifically John Favreau talk about Dave Filoni and, like, the little nuggets he puts into the show and into the episodes – How fascinating is it? Is it working with his mind because his star Wars mind probably only to George Lucas is probably the greatest in the world. Like just the things he sees and he adds to the show that are these little things for fans that don't take away from the show at all. Don't stop it in its tracks, but adds so much.
2: Yeah, no, I really think that he probably knows. I mean, he and George, it's a run for their money, but you know, Dave has such a passion and respect for the, the, the universe and the characters. Um that he he really treats it with that that much respect as does john coming in you know um and it's you know it's pretty amazing i having known dave as long as i have at this point like we text back and forth and he'll tell me he'll text me long like backstory of bo childhood and <laughs> and we'll like go back and forth so i just know if i need to know anything about bo i just like text him like one question and it just he just goes and i love it it's so much fun to 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 have that level of backstory on a character
0: his his like lore and, and like what he knows again like the behind the scenes of the first season of Mandalorian was fascinating to watch because it was just like all these little things he threw in there and even in February, like what the hell is that He's like, just trust me on this one. Like, this is the fans will go crazy. But I know Amy Sedaris had a pretty funny interview about doing The Mandalorian. And now your character is way more, way less, I'd say, like grounded in like real human reality. So your character uses the bigger words and the more Star Wars y words. But she's mentioned that she'll use a word here or there. That they'll say, you can't, they don't say that in Star Wars. Has that yeah. been, Have you ever been caught in that where you're like, oh, no, that's not a word? They She just said something in like, I think two episodes ago where I was like, oh, wait, or it might have been your character. said something where like that's the translation from like, like what we speak English yeah. as humans mm-hmm. to what they would speak in Star Wars. Why, yeah, I'm right. Like
2: I just drop a frack. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I I get handed some doozies. I get handed some doozies, and I feel like because I've been in sci-fi for so long that they give them all to me. And so my character will literally have these like massive speeches about pirate captain Gorian Shard was captaining a cumulus class corsair carrying a compliment of so, you know what I mean. Like it's like all of these like really big, big science fiction words that they're just like, well, Katie can do it. <laughs> so if it was someone talking in like you know uh like normal everyday you know speech it's not me trust me (laughs) you've been
3: around the circuit to all the comic cons you've met all the my lorps and glorpons and all those things (laughs) which by the way that was one of my favorite episodes of futurama is the one you guest starred in where i was just gonna say where i played girl girl yeah that's right that was a very funny episode
2: yeah Um, everyone is like who are you on future futurama girl
3: Girl, like girl. With, with multiple R's. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, what was filming on the stagecraft uh, volume thing like? Did you have scenes with that?
2: Most, of my, I would say, most of my scenes are on 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 volume, um, and it's it's such an extraordinary experience. You know, as an actor, you are. I'm so used to using. All the facets of my imagination to to put myself in scenes because you're usually shooting against a green screen and you know sitting in a cardboard box and they're like it's a tennis plane balls. and things like tennis balls, all of it, right? Um, Mando is different, like, and I, I truly encourage people that if you're a big fan of of Mandalorian, you or just technology in general and film, you should go watch the making of the Mandalorian and, and watch them talk about the volume and, and that sort of process. It is literally like the size of like. an aquarium a massive aquarium tank that you would see at an aquarium and it's like floor to ceiling and it's all computer screens in a circle and they will do all of the previs so when you're in a scene they turn the previs on and there's a bunch of of, there's like the brain or the hub when you first walk on set and it's just a bunch of people sitting at computers and there's like 20 people at computers and they're all controlling the volume for the scenes and making sure it moves when it needs to move. So when you see like in season two, we were standing on top of the Gozanti freighter and we're standing on the ocean, the waves are moving you're moving like you feel like you're moving. They had to literally clip us in because we were hmm. getting like seasick standing on a ship that's legitimately not moving, but because the volume tricks your brain to think that you're actually in this setting. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So cool.
0: Yeah, you can you can tell, too, that the volume has become such a it's kind of crazy because it's such a new thing which becomes so much part of vocab for you who know, Star Wars and the Marvel Universe and all these big things, but it just looks, I, I, this past episode especially looked, and on Mandalore, it's looked pretty incredible. You're like, how? Even like the reflection in, you know, some of like the minerals and, and, and some of like the water on the planet. You're like, how does it look that good when you just know? It's like when you know the sauce, it's like, wow, how does it look that great?
2: somebody had asked me in that first episode if we were on location at like Lake Powell or I think it was like, I'm not quite sure, (laughs) something like that. And I was like, no, that was the backlot. That was just like, (laughs) like, you know, the backlot. And they had definitely, you know, dug this like pond because Mm -hmm. they needed water when they were fighting that, that big, you know, alligator type dragon turtle thing. <laughs> um, and so they needed the water for that. Um, but it was, it was, it was just a backlot lot with, with, um, you know, screens up. It was ma It's amazing what they're able to do.
0: You've seen it from your end on, on fans and stuff. We talked a little bit about it before. It's like your character. It feels like your character has been in a thousand episodes of these shows. but really hasn't. You're almost, you're going to be, you're going to probably be in more Mandalorian episodes. than by the end of this season is my guess, like combined, then you will be, with Clone Wars and Rebels, but close, uh, yeah. yeah, so Boba Fett, though, started as basically it's a toy. It was a yeah. toy before the movie came out. And that's how it became so popular, but it's always had this kind of different aura to it. That's made the character so popular. That's basically what, what Mando was when Mando came out. What is it from your end you see with like fans and stuff? Why Mandalorians and these characters and this armor resonates so well with fans?
2: I think first of all, there is intrigue, you know, I think people have a desire to understand the Mandalorian people and the culture, you know, um, people are always fascinated by, by uh, people who, you know, speak few words, (laughs) because you always think that they're, they're thinking something, they have a secret or something like that. But but, I think this show, I think why the Mandalorians are so amazing is that I think that that everyone sort of relates to this struggle this um this sort of like being at odds within the same culture or or um people, if you will um and I think that that's the the story of of the two sides of the mandalorians the the those who take their helmets off and those who don't. Are you know a disagreement over an interpretation of text? You know what I mean, and mm. um, I sure. think that that is a relatable thing. The way that we interpret things based on our life experience and and the person we are going into understanding that and so i think that that's something that people can relate to and then ultimately i just think that they just look really freaking cool like they're bounty hunters they've, been <laughs> right. amazing. they've got these amazing suits like they're just like you know they're not superhuman. um they're just uh warriors and i think that that's awesome and they're fun mm-hmm. to to watch I, I just especially this season seeing all the different uh kits and the way that each individual yeah. mandalorian has decided to kit themselves out and and sort of like you know make make their armor individual. That's awesome as well. You know, mm-hmm.
3: that was one of my favorite parts about Sabine was her like spray paint on her armor and everything like that. And her mm. version of it was always so cool.
2: Super uh, cool. Although I am, I always questioned how you have t- the, like the T shirt like. You know, it's sort of like riding a motorcycle without a leather jacket on. I mean, you could do it. I wouldn't advise it. I've done it, too. But, (laughs) you know, if I go down, I definitely want my leather jacket on.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So you never know. I'll have a conversation with her about it. I'll ask Dave.
3: They are. Um. katan was very, and this is something I need to ask because this is a conversation that we both had with our other uh, co-worker who's very into Mandalorian. bo was very, very critical of the Children of the Watch when she was first introduced, as was both of her compatriots. Is it not true that bo was technically part of a terrorist cult with Death Watch? <laughs> In her I own mean, way. I
2: mean, if you could definitely, that would that's an interpretation. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> you know, what I can say is that I think that that Bo has never done anything that she didn't think was in the best interest of her people. Um, and I think by the time she realized the error of her ways, she paid the ultimate sacrifice and lost her sister. That changes you. I mean, I think we also have to like acknowledge the fact that she was very young in Clone Wars. I know that, that people think that she was in her 30s. She wasn't. She was like a shuffle ball change out of teen years, you know, like she's she's a, she's very young, very impressionable. She followed somebody she thought she trusted who had uh, similar ideologies um, and she was wrong. I think she knows that. But I think it's sort of one of those things where, you know, the thing that you don't like in others, you point out, you know, the things that you don't like about yourself, you point out in other people. And I think mm-hmm. that's sort of uh, potentially what she's doing.
3: Moral of the story is not to follow John Favreau' voice of
2: ever previously ever, no matter what. Job.
3: <laughs> uh, again, spoilers if you haven't watched the latest episode of Mandalorian. You got to see the Mythosaur. I mean, that is about as cool as humanly possible in the entire Star Wars universe. With the most know. like iconic creatures for anyone that's into it. How much? I mean, that's just so cool, right?
2: It's pretty cool. When I read that episode, I I literally was like texting, going like, "Are you sure? Did she imagine it? Is she? Wait, what's happening?" Um, Which I still so don't excited. even know. I guess in the context of the show, where... we don't know.
0: Yeah, we don't know. Big
2: um, don't tell very us anything. Exciting. I won't tell you anything.
3: No, I know because
2: but I don't want to ruin it for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to
2: ruin it. You know what I mean? Like it's so yeah. cool. This show has done such a great job. Um, you know holding on to secrets so that that people can be surprised. Like we used to be in event television, you know? Um, and I love that. I love that it was Grogu and then Luke Skywalker and, and you know, whatever you're going to get this season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how can we, should we be prepped for some oh shit moments? We have to be, right?
2: I would expect no less, of course. How As... hard is it to keep
0: these secrets though? Because it, it's not, it, it can't be, because you, you've made the rounds of the press tour. Like, it, have, you, have you ever, come close to really saying something you're like oh
2: no I have you know what's funny is I've realized that fans because and 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 interview you know like people that I'm being interviewed by everyone asks questions that they know I can't answer and they do it (laughs) because they're watching my face and they want to know what I'm gonna my reaction and so I was just at like a, a a convention and and somebody asked me a question and I literally just went like this (laughs) because like i can't answer you but then they were like "Ooh, she's being super coy and then Mm -hmm. i was like calling someone i was like am i being too coy like did i make a game out of being too coy that like now i'm like too coy like now i'm like now like if i'm coy they know that i'm like giving you know spoilers away so now i'm just like i can't now i can't even do that i just have to sit (laughs) Mm. and not look at you (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, Katan is just such a cool character. I remember I read somewhere once that you modeled Starbuck after Linda Hamilton in T2. I feel like I see bits of that as well in Bo Katan, if that makes sense. Just like, sure. just a really badass, like strong vibe. I don't know, how to explain it.
2: I think that that, you know, my career and the energy that I bring to my characters is like a culmination of all the strong women that came before me in film that I idolized growing up because we didn't have a lot of them. You know, it's it's uh, Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton and and Lucy Lawless and a bit of Bruce Springsteen, uh, Bruce Willis. You know what I mean? Bruce like, Springsteen, yeah. Bruce Springsteen too. I mean, listen, let's be <laughs> honest. Like "Born in the USA" is my thing <laughs> song, but like, um, you know what I mean? There, there are all of these these women that came before me that laid this groundwork for me to be able to portray this incredibly strong woman in the characters that I have played. You can't, I can't help but sort of want to channel them. As a character, and and especially Starbuck, for sure that was that was absolutely my Terminator moment.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, b- before we let you go here, I think you were just the same place we were, or one of them. Might have been California, but Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars at Disney.
2: I was just there. Yes, I was just there. This
0: is this is what I left with. I left with this. <laughs> this this was this was. <laughs> I have to. I have to travel with this now. You um, do have to
2: travel with that, but it comes in a good convenient, a convenient little travel box.
0: It does. I can. I can disassemble. I can disassemble the actual saber part.
2: Oh, easy, That's easy. Cool. Nice. That's cool.
0: Um, but we Ken Jack had never been to Disney any never. of them before, and I'd never been to Galaxy.
2: Stop. Ed. Stop. Mm-hmm. You've never been to Disney.
3: It was the first time they gave us like this really cool VIP tour thing. Like we didn't have to wait in lines yeah. or anything. It was- awesome the guardians of the galaxy uh ride, by the way at disney's maybe the coolest thing i've ever been on my that drop life.
2: is one yeah. of the coolest rides i've ever been on in my life for people so that don't we, know it's in california adventure you have to go it's one oh
0: of that, one, that one that so so he's talking about the one at disney world have you seen that oh, one? Oh no that no, one been, is i haven't been to oh. disney world
2: since i was like 12
0: D- it's cool galaxy the galaxy there is 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 a carbon copy because they're the same one at each park. But the gal, okay. the new Guardians ride at Disney World amazing. But the rethemed Tower of Terror at Disneyland. So I actually did Disneyland and Disney World like three, like, like twice out of like the span of five days. I'd oh never God, done Tower of Terror before.
2: So the cool, Guardians right? version,
0: it is. I, I don't like getting dropped like that. That's not my thing, you know. Yeah, but you I now kind of like it. like there's dropped some-
2: as a baby. You have like <laughs> trauma or something.
0: <laughs> there's something about yeah. There's yeah. something about it, but, yeah. Like you don't want to
2: feel your throat, like your your heart. Oh,
3: everything going up. Yeah. But then when you add Jackson 5 to it, it becomes a little different, you know? It's It's...
2: amazing. It's literally probably my favorite ride um, at like, you know, adventure for sure. It's so much fun.
3: Oh, you got to do the It was so fun. Oh, my God. That was the coolest road course I've ever been in my life. Like, it's all half digital, half analog. They're twisting oh you around in the seat. It's so cool.
2: Seriously. Now I need to go. I need to go now. You know, we've taken the last two times we've gone to Disneyland, we've taken my daughter. So I haven't been on an mm-hmm. adult ride at Disneyland in uh, gotcha. a while. Like, Dumbo's my jam now, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so like Although, that's the slinky ride. Let me tell for us you,
2: Dumbo is terrifying. Uh, oh my God. Like, huh. so you go on Dumbo with like two adults and like a tiny baby and like they give you a seatbelt for both of you. And my husband is much bigger than I. I next time need to sit on the inside because I had a hold of our daughter and there's no door and you're going up and down. And I was like, I'm going to fly out the side of this with our child. <laughs> oh my God. Like, well, don't. And I was like, I'm not really, but like you're, you know, you got to be careful. It's like these don't elephants the being held
3: out by like a toothpick, like uh, sticking out of the center. That's crazy.
2: It's crazy, and you can go up and down like super fast. Like Dumbo's Dumbo's scarier than it looks, guys.
0: He he, uh, Ken Jack did so, and then we'll go here the the ride Matterhorn at Disneyland. It's been around for what, like forever. However long the park's been open, yes, I love it. Definitely needs some work. It's definitely not easy on the back, but. Very similarly, unlike Space Mountain in Disneyland, which is very like refurbished, the one in Disney World is it's rickety. I would say, and you can check out right that one. It was-
2: is <laughs> it <laughs> really pitch black we, and yeah.
3: very rickety? You can't see anything. We, you just- you,
2: you guys, went, sp- during Space Mountain. Like I have panic attacks that like we're going the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> like, which, di- di- again, again
0: and scriptures. I want to stress Disneyland's version is. Much newer in terms of it being refurbished, and it's, it's you sit next to someone. Disney World is like Matterhorn, where it's single file. We got out there. I looked at Ken Jack and said, We're not doing that again tonight. Like, I'm, I'm out. Like, that's <laughs> like you're done. Some things I can't do
2: I understand rickety. that. I understand. I do understand, although I'm sure it's perfectly safe.
0: Oh, definitely safe. Definitely safe. That just shows how big <laughs> a winch we are. Just, uh,
2: perfectly safe. Do the I'll go, I'll next and you'll vomit as well.
0: Yeah, I'll go mm-hmm. spend 300 bucks on a dark saber instead. Stick- right? Um, yeah. So I have a dark go saber quick, as well.
2: Huh? Like, I mean, and I'm not, that's not, being, that's not me being coy. <laughs> like, no coy. I actually have <laughs> the same dark saber that you have. And I, <laughs> but I got the experience of actually building a lightsaber. It was the coolest thing mm-hmm. ever. Like, the entire process of that was so cool. I just, I mean, I, I totally, I, I think that, you know, it is it, it it's a it's an expense, but if it's an if you're going to Disneyland and you can save up to participate in that whole process, it was so 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 cool. I loved it.
0: Mm-hmm. Loved being it. dropped in that world again, as as you can I'm sure tell two massive Star Wars fans, it was pretty. It was insane. It was pretty damn, it was damn cool. Very right?
2: cool. I, say, it I love that cool. my my daughter now is like wants the dark saber. Like she's 15 <laughs> months old. It's the coolest she, she just wants to like chase the dog with it.
0: <laughs> it's it's the best saber. I don't even think it's close, but no, maybe it's we're biased. Cool. It's maybe we're cool. biased.
3: and the power um, behind it too.
0: Yeah, thank you so much uh again, big fans. This this season's been awesome already. I, I can't wait for more, but also I don't want it to be over yet. It's it's I that know. it's that awful conundrum.
2: I know. I just, you know. I'm on the show. I know what's going to happen. I still enjoy watching it, and I just wish that the episodes were longer. Because mm. I'm like, it's so fun. Like, I just want it. I just want it to never end. So I want
3: my work I'm, day to go longer every single week. Just, be like, <laughs> just fast. Let's just stay on set more. We'll pay overtime. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I union know. can suck it.
2: You're gonna next season. They're gonna be like, we heard you. Yeah. <laughs> You're not hour and a half episodes work.
3: coming right up.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, Katie Sagoff, thank you so much. And, and now for the most unnecessary tease in the history of this podcast, uh, check out the Mandalorian every week. As <laughs> if anyone needs to hear that. As if
2: everyone needs to yeah. The Mandalorian <laughs> now airing on Disney. This little Go indie
3: project, it. The Mandalorian, check it out.
2: I know. It's like a little engine that could. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank
0: you so much. Thanks blast. so much.
2: Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. you Bye.
0: All right. Good stuff. Yeah, she was, she was great. You can just, there's a love to that character. And it makes me just like Bo-Katan even more. You're just like, it just, a complete embracing of it. Which kind of leads into this review. Because few characters are embraced as much by their main actor or actress as John Wick. Uh, Okay, splice this in because we definitely spoiled John Wick 4 very quickly off the top, uh, unintentionally. So we're about to do the John Wick review. If you don't want that, skip ahead. You will see the time code. Just skip ahead to the Leguizamo interview. We definitely spoil this movie. We don't want to ruin it for you. John Wick Chapter 4 is a must-see. John Wick... You know, Gooch often will show up in wardrobe like the movie. Um, he did not yeah. show up in a full suit and tie. I in. have
5: actually, Cut. I have all black on. Uh, well, this is not. Um, black, you're literally wearing my shirt, gray. My, under, my son, my undershirt is black. Okay, I, I thought of, I thought about doing the all the all black for John Wick. That's um, yeah, fucked
0: up. Chapter, the first John Wick came out in 2014, followed by chapter 2017. Chapter 3, which they got a retcon, the name Parabellum. It completely ruins the it's beauty so of funny. the titles. It's so
3: fucking funny. It's chapter 1, 2,
0: Parabellum, and then yeah. chapter 4. It's just, wow. it's just hilarious. Um, John Wick chapter 4, the longest of the franchise, which we'll talk about this because, uh, again maybe we're thrusted at the I've seen talk about the runtime but we we again we sat on an interview and we saw a bunch of like pretty top movie journalists and film critics just pissing and moaning about the runtime and after seeing it they're even more fucking stupid um, mm-hmm. with the price on his head over increasing legendary hit man uh, John Wick takes his fight against the high table globe uh, high table global as he seeks out the most powerful players in the world underworld from New York to Paris to Japan to Berlin all over the world. It's it's a bigger, grander scale John Wick, um, getting better reviews than any of the John Wicks before it. People are eating this shit up, and it is absolutely justified. Um, like not even the, any like anywhere like ah oh, is it overhyped? No, I'm just saying it off the top, and I would be stunned if either of you disagree. I know you guys talked about it a little bit uh, on our previous episode end of the week last mm-hmm. week, but it is. I, I this, nothing about this shit makes sense. How is this franchise so fucking good? How does it get better? Franchises don't do this. Like you just they're not supposed to be this consistently fucking good. Uh, I prefer the first John Wick out of the first three. I like chapter two. Chapter three is a little step down from both them. I gotta say I think this is the best one yet. I like this one the most. And there's there's something about it, and actually good of your Chris Stuck mentioned it too. You can just tell Chad Stahelski who's done these movies is just getting better at making these movies. Yes. Like there's there's yep. something so perfect about them, and they just continue to up the ante, but not even in the up the ante way of like Fast and Furious, right? Where it's like they're in fucking space now. And like, no, they're up in the ante in the way you see the good shit play out. The good shit's the same, and there's definitely like an like an escalation of like craziness, right? But not really. Like it's it. It falls in line with what I expect. It's just presented better and better each time. Like even though I like the first the best, the second, the third, like there's an improvement in terms of like certain things that they do. Uh, this movie is one of the best action movies. Probably the best action movie I've seen since Mission Impossible Fallout. I know you said that, Gooch. Uh, uh you you tweeted that when you saw it. It is just shot so well. It is fucking gorgeous to look at. It like stuns you. It's a movie that I've seen once, and I'm kind of pissed I haven't seen it again. Because now I want to go back and, like, look for other things in it. It is – it blows you away. It's so fucking well done. Well, we'll go into it more. But this is – I think it's the best one that I've seen out of all of these. Uh, and I'm going to give it right now – may go up. I see it again. 93 out of 100. I got to see it in Dolby. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of hear it and see a bigger screen. I've kind of had a standard theater. But 93 out of 100. I kind of raised all my John Wick scores a little bit because I rewatched all of them. But I think it's the best one. So it, It's good. just – it's so fucking good. Uh it rules. This this shit, it doesn't make sense. How are how they made four good ones? The fact they made one good one. How many franchises
3: how many franchises have ever done that? Four like uh, like top level movies. Like ever. Like yeah. like and within a contained franchise, not ones where it goes off and does other different versions within the same universe, like just like one character going across four movies in a single franchise like that they, they that doesn't I would say, happen. Like,
5: harry potter but like it never reached the heights Uh, it never i don't think any of the harry potter movies ever reached this height
3: not even close like the best harry potter movie is like fucking triple a compared to the worst of john wick like it's it's crazy i don't know yeah i I agree with a lot of what you said there's john i I have it at a 94 it's just below the first john wick for me which is just like john wick fours or john wick one one of the most like revolutionary action movies ever made like so much of action was like stagnant up until that point, and then they just showed you, hey, sh- let the guys who do these stunts, the guys who know how to make these fight choreographies, like look as as good as they can. Let them direct it, and hey, look at it, amazing. And then other now we have like more examples of people doing that too. Like we uh, we interviewed the guy that did like Daylight and or, or was it um what was that Jamie Foxx vampire movie on Netflix? Yeah, which was daylight. actually solid. Yeah, it was, right? daylight, it was that one was solid. And um, obviously Sam Hargrave too. Uh awesome, awesome movie. It's just an incredible collection of the coolest action scenes you have ever seen in your entire life, which is like basically what most John Wick movies are. And they almost remind me of, and like we were just talking about the serial nature of like Mandalorian. It almost feels like, like that's how John Wick movies work where it's like, here's a little serial adventure into this place. Here's a little serial adventure into this place. Here's a little serial adventure into this place. place. And I just love that about it. Um, A couple of scenes stand out to me as being awesome in this. The dollhouse shootout with the dragon's breath rounds was absolutely insane.
5: That is the scene that I think most people are going to think of when they think of this movie, because that, yes. that is such a unique shot and
3: so so perfectly executed. I thought that that was a crane shot. Someone had DM'd me. Apparently, that's all drone, which is insane. Like that, I thought that that was just a crane over top of like a, a yeah. set or whatever. Just it was a drone shot, which is just it looks it makes me think it's even cooler. It was so awesome. Um, the entire stair sequence was and like the race to the duel in general was so cool including the Andy Samberg ass fall like that was like the audience yes. was cheering like crazy for that like we were going yes. nuts for that it was so, and like any other franchise does that and we think it's dumb but with John Wick it just fits that's John Wick he gets the shit beat out of him and he always just gets up and keeps going out of pure rage and desire for revenge um Bill Skarsgård awesome addition to the John Wick universe perfect character um the mini boss fight with Scott Atkins in a fat suit was also just incredible that character
0: unbelievable of class.
5: So that's exactly
3: that's exactly how kingpin should look in the mark when they bring him into the marvel universe that is exactly how he should look and fight like that was perfect exactly perfect mini boss uh and then the osaka fight i also thought was was really really good uh Rina sawayama who's the the concierge from that one uh, and um like she was just that's a character like a new person like i haven't seen her anything before like incredible awesome awesome role great action scenes with her um and obviously if you'd watch if you stick stuck around to the post credit she obviously might have a, a bit more to, to play um the nobody character really cool addition and then I just, oh, the only negative i had on this what the fuck is going on with Ian mcshane's veneers is <laughs> that was that the one that noticed that
0: <laughs> no but i mean the more you pointed out like I'll, I'll think about it
3: like, he's talking, and they're, like, all the out here. You're like It's, like, making his whole mouth protrude forward like a fish. It's crazy. Um, but other than that, just a great sign-off for the character of John Wick. And just, I think, a great love letter to what people have loved about the character of John Wick. Great gunfights, great hand-to-hand combat scenes. And just, like, the most, like, like, unmovable object, John Wick, in all of action movie history. And I just, I love the movie start to finish. Didn't really feel the length, like, at all. Because I would rather watch, like five straight hours of Chad Stahelski directed action than ten minutes of almost anyone else's. You know what I mean? Because he finds a way to just consistently show you action in a way you've never seen it before and do it in a way that you've never seen it before. And do it in a way that's like it just it engrosses you so much more in action versus the way anybody else is doing it. And that's just a fact. Like Marvel, DC, whatever other big IP franchises that involve action, no one can do it like Chad Stahelski does it. And that's what I think makes these these movies so consistent and so great, and I just
0: I, I loved everything about it, man. Just a great great movie. Uh, Gooch, give your thoughts, but at the end, I want you to give you can you can lead the way on on what we think the real fate of Wick is. If if all it's Wicks in a box. Um, yeah, my
5: score. Uh, I'll be the highest out. Of, I'm ninety five out of hundred. Um, yeah, this is my highest rated action mo- movie. Like you said, since Fallout, it, it really without like going over the same points as you all, it, I think it cements two things. One, Keanu Reeves is a modern day, like action legend. Like he's there with the Cruises, Schwarzeneggers, the Fords. Like he is a modern day action super superstar, like a legend. And two, Chad Zahelski is a top tier director. Like this isn't just something that he, yeah. he's good with John Wick movies. No, this movie is beautifully shot. Like beautifully shot, well lit, not just the action choreography, those fight scenes are well lit. You see everything that's happening, the camera movement, fucking perfect. steady. It's steady. Doing, it's steady. doing yep. interesting things too. Not doing the same shots over, like doing unique things throughout the movie. He did a lot of like, almost like a Tarantino impre- impression where he's like pulling in so many, you see so many direct shots from other movies, but worked in perfectly. Like there's so much like, so I grew up on Sergio Leone movies. There's like five different Sergio Leone movies like directly referenced in here. Like there's, like when he's um when donnie character sitting in the part with the little music locket playing like that mm-hmm. is straight from what was it fistful of dollars with the the villain with the uh stopwatch like the um yep. god there's so much good to, like the end the good the bad and the ugly the character nobody is literally a straight rip from the movie my name is nobody so much great stuff in here i, I
0: love it i mean
5: arabia stuff people talked about as well yes yeah um he even said he, he used cut. Wong Kar Wai as uh, inspiration for, like, the color palette on the movie. Like, mm-hmm. you see that. It's like, Jesus. Like, he really came into his own on this one. Like, and also, longest of the franchise, this felt 30 minutes shorter than Parabellum.
0: That's, let's... Okay, we'll we'll talk about Wick in a second. By the way, we're going to have to splice in that we just spoiled everything. We'll have to that after. Yeah. But... That's my we, bad. I should have said something. The runtime... To- <sighs> We talk about runtime. I, I, I obviously, out of all of us, I like longer movies probably as much as anybody. I love a good long fucking movie. But in the end, I, I just I'm so sick of complaining about length for no reason, especially pre-movie. We've done it before. We famously mocked The Irishman's runtime when it came out, but that moment was so that like was, long as hell. Though to be fair, it was a very funny moment. We did that, and people hang it over us now, and that's fair. I'm not I'm not pissing and moaning. that's fair. We did do that. It was very funny when that happened, though. We were in the studio with like fights, I think. We were like, holy <laughs> shit, the news came out as we were recording. But for the most part, like, I don't care. I'm there to experience something. And I just I think in the end, if you go see this, this is this is. I'm sorry, this is this is a dick take. Maybe people are gonna not like this take. If you go see fucking unless you really hate action and blood and gore and like like death, like if that's not for you, fine. So I'll put that caveat in there. But if you like action and you claim to like movies like this, and you sit down and you watch the movie and you, and you come out and your first thought is too long, movies are go 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 somewhere else. Movies aren't for you. Like I'm sorry. Like it's it's just it's awesome. This is it's meant to be this long. It fits perfectly. The action scenes don't run dry at all. Like this fucking rules. Like, I'm tired of complaining about length for no reason. And we sat there on, on before an interview about a different movie and listened to. To f- film Twitter people piss and moan before they're and he was like, ah, it's so fucking long. Why do they think we want this? I don't know, because they know the everybody wants rules. this. Go see the goddamn. Everybody
3: movie. wants that.
0: Like, what are you fucking talking about? It's like it, it falls in
3: the same sort of thing to me as like uh like like how long was like Endgame or um what, like they're all pretty long movies and like we wanted to see more of that universe. That's just when you have an established IP that people really, really enjoy, you want more of it. Yeah. If you're saying like you're making like a three hour long cut of like the father or whatever i'd be like okay well that's like i don't know if we need three (laughs) hours of that or like three hour three or the four hour todd field cut of tar like i don't need that like but when you're talking about an established ip that is extremely like it keeps your attention running you know what i mean like it's it's you're going to be consistently entertained make it as long as you want i don't care but when it's something that's going to be like hey you're going to be have a lot of dower and downtime or something like that it's more of a drama it's more slow pace it's a slow burn whatever then yeah, that becomes a little bit more of a different thing. But when it's something that's just like snap, snap, action, 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 fine, go off, go off, and it as long as you want. I am Great, down. And, yeah, until you prove me wrong by making it bad. Dude, I, I wish he went to another. I wish he went to three other cities.
5: Like Gucci. <laughs> <like, laughs> at the end. Gucci's like it's over. Boo. <laughs> go, go to go to Rio de Janeiro. Go to fucking London. Like well, dude. Uh, dude talk about that. Was, Do you think is he is he dead? For sure. I, I I think he is dead. And I think he that did. is one of the best parts of the franchise that is it. And they brought this up. Actions have consequences in this universe. Mm-hmm. Action, and he paid for it. Like something as simple as like in John Wick Two, killing on continental grounds. That's what led to him being excommunicated. And that's what he's been chasing against ever since. Like, I, I think that I hope I think this is a good send off. I do think this mm-hmm. is a good send off right here. Like he got his freedom. Mm-hmm. And he's ready to go be at peace, go go be with his wife. Like I, I like where it left off, and I think they It'll can do his interesting wife stuff. Is what you're say. And I think the universe now has been set up, and the lore has been set up in a
3: way where I'm very interested in spinoffs, series, and mm-hmm. movies. And with Anna Diarmas, because like the Ballerina is going to be, I I would hope awesome as long as Stahelski is still involved with everything. And like uh, John way- or Keanu said, he would have some sort of um, uh, cameo or smaller role in it. And like i mm-hmm. when we saw her in 007 and was it no time to die. Like, she was awesome in that as an yeah. action actress. Like she was great. Yeah. And I, I would just love to see her get away from like the the recent string of pretty shitty movies she was involved in and uh getting into something a little bit different. Mhm. Um, Bond. What was the what was the Ben Affleck one that was with the fucking snails? Um, uh Deep Water? No. That's what I thought too, but it doesn't it sound It is right. Deep Water. It's, it's Deep Water. Yeah. Damn man. That it was, one it was Ben deep Affleck cooked to Ben right? off, like the cuck to Nathan yeah. Alordi weird ass movie. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of which, a very similar situation that happened with that um, Florence Pugh movie that just came out that was directed by Zach Braff. I uh, haven't person. watched it yet, but I've heard good things. I'm
0: sure you have. She doesn't do bad movies. <laughs> That's uh, She does my other note was Arc de Triomphe. If, if you film an action scene around the Arc de Triomphe, it's going to be awesome. They did that in Fallout. <laughs> and he's riding the bike. Yep. It, just, it always looks fucking sick. I, I, love how MP,
5: I love how NPC so many of the villains are. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, and like the general public are also very NPC where they just like, they'll hit someone and just keep driving. Just keep yeah, driving. Dude. The people at the club, they just keep dancing they've done it throughout <laughs> all the movies. Like, the people just act like this is an everyday occurrence. Like, no mm-hmm. one gave a fuck <laughs> what was going
3: on at that club. 15 people got hit by cars like they actually saw a pretty funny tiktok about the club thing where it's like it was just a guy dancing in a green screen of a club and it's like guy dancing as john wick massacres 500 people right around him it's like that's how that works there there's no police yeah. in the john wick universe either they don't exist <laughs> uh, outside no such thing as them like no civilian reporting like just hails of bullets and gunfire. But that's, again, what makes the the, the show good. Is that the, It's the assassins versus assassins, baby. I love God, it. God, there's so many fucking things. I love this. I'm just thinking about all the fucking like different shots. And
5: Donnie Yen wind up punch. Yeah. <laughs> that was so awesome. The wind up yeah. punch. Oh, my gosh. The radio woosha
3: Yeah. Yeah. The, that, was a really, uh, that was a nice touch. That was a really nice touch.
5: Paint it black and French. Oh, yep. my gosh. There's so many. Jesus. I really love I, this movie. I do love love how
3: to work for the uh, the like assassin headquarters like you need to be like a really tatted up broad that just (laughs) that's dressed like a 1950s rockabilly or whatever like you there's a very specific look you need to have you can't work there and look even remotely like a regular person
0: oh man um yeah we loved it I, I I think it's it's if it's not better than the first I think you'd be hard for to say it's not the right. second best. Like I just think there's, there's something here that's elevated it to new heights and he keeps just Chad Zahelski just keeps getting better and better at making beast these movies. Um, and his coaching
3: tree, Sam Hargrave and like other people that have yeah. worked for him. Like I think someone that worked with him did atomic blonde. Like
0: it's crazy. I, mm. I hope he's involved a lot with ballerina with the, any one, but I'd like to see him start maybe like a new friend, like something else, find yeah. something else to do. That's very action based. And, um, I also would love to see if I mean I, I assume Mission Impossible, I don't know what their new Mission impossible if they're Dead Reckoning, um part mm-hmm. one and two, but like if they continue that, like I'd lo- I'd love to see Tehelski like try to redo like even I'd like to see him do his own thing, but like, if we're talking about other franchises, like like Bond. a new born or something, right? Like figure out yeah. like something like that. Um also Chats, that's a good Chats news. Tahelsky. Jeremy Renner's walking, uh, albeit assisted yeah. by Shout out Jeremy Renner. By like a computerized like treadmill, but like that—that's cool. So that that was good movie yeah. news. I forgot to mention. Yeah,
3: yeah. The uh, I would love to see a Stahelski combo directed movie with Christopher McQuarrie. Like if they teamed up on a yeah. movie, it would be the greatest movie ever made. Can you imagine?
0: I mean, they you you really need to make a good argument that stahelski and Christopher McQuarrie have made an incredibly massive impact on action. Um, Oh yeah, and change the game and how action is filmed and done because it went away from shaky cam, and you can you can do that to an extent too with uh, George Miller and Mad Max Fury Mm -hmm. Road. A little different because obviously it's just car based, right? It's like vehicle based, but there's still a, a a wide look and a a broader view on action as opposed to like that zoomed in close up shaky cam shit that was. Just everything. One of my favorite differences, by the way, in terms of movies, in terms of how something is filmed, was the first Hunger Games to the second Hunger Games. When they like, <laughs> yeah. everything was so fucking shaky, Cam, in that first Hunger Games, it makes you want to vomit. And then the mm-hmm. second one, they were like, All right, let's, let's just make let's just shoot it like a little, a little drawn back, a little more normal. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, John Wick Chapter 4, fucking awesome movie. Also, did you both see Dungeons & Dragons?
3: No, I yeah. didn't. I,
0: I saw it. It's, I'm, seeing it, uh,
5: I'm seeing it tomorrow. I think. I, I see why. I see the why the Rotten Tomato score is so high because of the way their scoring system works. It is the most seven out of ten movie. I think. Like, but like you can't go. I don't think it'd be tougher to go lower than like six and a half out of ten, like sixty five out of a hundred. Be tougher to go lower than that, and probably very tough to go higher than like an eight out of ten, like an eighty. So that's where the really high Rotten Tomatoes score is coming from. It's fun. It's a mm. really good family movie, but. If you go in expecting like a game night because it is from the creators of game night, if you expect that level of humor, you're not going to get it.
3: Oh yeah, it's what's his name from uh, uh shit. What's it's a kid from Freaks and Geeks that directed Game Night. Uh, John, I was going to say John Laundry, but that's not Jay right. Baruchel.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, fuck, what's his name? Laundry. Uh, Ken Jackson to see Dungeons and Dragons and come out and be like, that's the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. John Francis Daly.
3: Not quite John Laundry, but I was close. <laughs> John, John oh, okay. Laundrie. <laughs> John Francis
0: Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, Shout out I'm Freaks Geek. Geek, Still very fun to watch. see it tomorrow, I think. And then this weekend, we got um, Murder Mystery, a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers in two weeks. Air. Very excited. A lot of good shit coming out um, that I'm fired up for. Uh, that's it. Nope, that's not it. Mm-hmm. We have an interview. That's right. I did my that's it too early. That's it for the review. Here's John Leguizamo. We talked to actually Super Mario with John Leguizamo. Here it is. We did. How are you?
4: Damn, the voice of God. He's so loud. <laughs> Why are you so loud? Go are you just trying to make up because you're not here?
0: Are you me to turn me down? Turn <laughs> me yeah. Okay. No, no, no. It's probably done. Yeah, we're actually going to turn you off. Yeah, I mean, we thought it was hard great. of hearing. Maybe he actually, Yeah, we're going to do it <laughs> muted. You're going to have to guess what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. We're going to make a little game I show out of it. I think
4: he's saying he loves my work <laughs> immensely, and I'm his favorite actor. Yes. Yeah, yeah This what he said. Yeah.
0: See? Did I get that right or what? You, I mean, you, you read me like a book. <laughs> yeah, like a yeah. fucking book. <laughs> like a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We'll do a, a formal start. For the first time, we, we've had him before. But it's been it's been three years, which seems crazy because I do feel like we just got talking for the first time like yesterday. But it was it was, was pre COVID. Yeah. John Leguizamo, thanks for for joining us once thank again. You, thank you.
4: You guys haven't aged a, a year. Not look no. exactly the same. We're
0: still white guys with beards. Yeah.
3: I think I think my hairline went back like an inch since oh, the last which is why the hat's on now. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's the biggest difference. Uh, oh, that's too
4: bad. I'm sorry to hear that, man. <laughs>
3: I'll be on a flight to Turkey pretty soon, so don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. We'll, get that shit, we'll get that shit fixed, get fixed up. get
4: clone hair implants. Come on. Yeah. You can speed uh, that up. And why are you here, man? I show up, but you don't show up. I
0: know. I know. i, I ran. stay home and Zoom, too. <laughs> I thought... Well, that's, that's dangerous because now you're committed to talking to us more that you can just Zoom with us whenever yeah. you want, man. You just yeah, learn, exactly. Learn really <laughs> then we'll be hitting you up on the weekends like, yeah, you're not busy, right? <laughs> no, no oh, I'm just God. hanging out at home
4: with my family. <laughs> I'm ready to do an interview. Why not? I'll interrupt my, my life.
0: We, uh, we have a lot to talk to you about. There's a bunch of stuff that we didn't talk to you about last time. We kind oh, of really? went through it and I was surprised. But let's start off sure, with sure. the power. Amazon Studios comes out for three episodes March 31st. Remaining yeah. six episodes available each Friday after that, just like the Amazon model, which is one awesome. of our favorite models. Yeah. Get, is get it really? Taste. Yeah.
4: I, I love just, the idea because, I mean, you can't really get into the show until like the second or third episode. Exactly. Then you're emotionally invested, yeah. especially if people like to binge. But then they, they, they tease you with the others. It's yeah, a good
3: yeah. taste. It's like a good yeah. taste because like, oh, I can get a little bit more. like You know, if there's a cliffhanger or whatever, after the first couple episodes, you can get more into it. And then you're waiting like on bated breath for that next uh absolutely sure.
4: and 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 this is i i you know obviously i'm in it so i'm gonna be a little biased but i think it's an incredible show man i think it's it's amazing i don't even think the trailer does it justice i think i feel like trailer is catering to a little bit of a, a younger female mm-hmm. audience and this show is like there's a lot of heavy shit going universal, on universally yeah. i mean there's two deaths in the first two episodes there's an attempted Right, I mean, it's, it's, There's it's, heavy it's stuff, intense, heavy yeah. stuff, bro. I love it. I love. I think the show is so sophisticated, so edgy, so modern. I don't know. I, it, I you know, we watched um, uh, a teaser, like morale booster, like during mm-hmm. the shoot because you know it was lo- it was really long. And man, I was I was moved to tears of how beautiful it was.
0: That's awesome. I love that thing. That the legit investment from an actor too into Did- the project. You know, if you don't know, if you're listening, you don't, haven't seen the trailer, don't know the premise. I'll just read it quick because I'm going to ask you kind of kind of what you just said. is perfect for what I want to ask. The world of the power is our world, but for one twist in nature, suddenly teenage girls develop power to electric people at will. Intense stuff. And it's it's cool to see, and we like this too because you get it now and then in this world that's so dominated with – when it comes to abilities and powers, what do we yeah, think? Yeah, too these much.
4: It's Marvel and mm-hmm.
0: DC. But this is it's, – it's different. It's, it's got like clearly a dark twisted and you're saying even darker than what we can maybe even see in previews. It's nice to have like a little, a different palette, different flavor here. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
4: I I mean, for all the people who love magical powers and superheroes who are invincible with some flaws, no, this is, this is not it. This is like, it's it's called speculative fiction and it's a new type of sci-fi that's much more realistic, much, much more believable and organic and, um. Is that cool? I like that term, yeah, speculation. Like that was a really, that's really cool. I really like that. I'm gonna I'm, use that. I'm gonna do a little brain hijacking <laughs> here, um, and 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 so the, the, the girls through evolution grow an organ at adolescence, and it gives them a certain power. Some girls have uh, like a static energy. Some girls have a nuclear blast, mm. but they don't they they don't really know how to use it. They don't know how to control it in their body. Sometimes it's tied to their emotions. And then you know, men don't know what to do with that, and 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 they start you know rounding them up, they start you know isolating them, and you know, mm-hmm. and then the girls escape. It's wild, it's wild. I love it. it
0: it's uh based on on a pretty acclaimed book, one of a, the pro, former president's favorite book, I believe. Yeah, Obama.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, right. that,
0: that's got to be that's some big hype to deal with now. That's big
4: endorsement.
0: Yeah, huge. That's,
4: yeah, yeah. I'll take that.
0: You, like, could you imagine? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to give you bad juju here. I'm sure it's good. Could you imagine if it like, wasn't good and you get like a, a tweet from the former president like, like, like you ruined my book or something? <laughs> <That's, that's> <laughs> you <know> <laughs> <book. laughs>
4: that would suck. Be I feel like that always. I mean, whenever yeah. I see... I read a book first mm-hmm. and then you go see the movie or the show. I, I'm never satisfied. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. always a little disappointed. We're
0: not giving you those bad vibes. I, just, I had to say
3: <laughs> it. That'd be hilarious if Obama was one of those guys. Like one of the Reddit dudes or whatever. Like, <laughs> you
4: didn't include this thing from subparagraph three. Right, oh, now it doesn't brain. make any sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> nothing to do with the book. You guys took it too far.
3: <laughs> exactly.
4: That's like a, that's what when I, I did Super Mario Brothers, there was a lot of that.
3: Oh yeah, I'm you sure. Didn't get,
4: you didn't get enough. Where were the powers? Where were the yeah. mushrooms? Where was this? It would go. It's not a drug movie.
3: In, in the Super Mario novelization and I actually says he would never say this word like it's crazy how in-depth they go
4: yeah people go it's so granular yeah you know i mean it's like come on Uh. i thought this was dope though. i thought it was a great interpretation you know i i i I mean naomi alderman the the writer being involved in it too is huge yeah yeah i mean she gave us the blessing she loved where it was going and Mm -hmm. she was part of the the story you know the when they broke the story in the room you know
3: they they have um so you guys have like an all female writers room um obviously the show all for, female everything yeah all female everything directors everything like that producers Did the leads yeah. it was
4: wild man sometimes I was the only dude around it yeah was, it was incredible and they, and you you know you know a lot of a lot of dudes like are worried you know women taking over the world whatever mm-hmm. I mean women are fifty percent of the population they should mm-hmm. be fifty percent of every office every corporate space everything yeah and here i was at 100% women it was great i was treated special <laughs> i was included i was they were collaborative with me I was, was amazing i had a great time
3: yeah it was the process different at all, just as far as like everything being like again the focus of the show uh, more female centric i guess but like everything else being i think grand, grand women. i think
4: women are more collaborative than mm-hmm. dudes i think dudes sometimes a little uh, Territorial, you know what I mean. Sure, yeah. They get a little territorial. Get a little bit like you know, protected. You want to change my script? You yeah, want yeah, to yeah, add yeah, to it? yeah, yeah. You <laughs> motherfucker, who are you to change my <laughs> lines? I wrote this. I go, yo, this ain't Shakespeare. You better relax.
3: <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, how much of your personal dad
4: experience goes into a role like this, or any sort of like dadish role? That's that's a good question because all of it. Yeah, yeah. If I if I wasn't a dad, I don't think I would have done as well. I was like, I'm a dad. I've been a dad for like twenty odd years, and I'm used to being a dad. I love being a dad. So like I embrace these kids and we're playing my kids. I hung out with, you know, I, I'm very method. So mm-hmm. I hung out with them all the time. And we we'll go to dinner with their folks and we, I spend as much time mm-hmm. with them. And we got really close mm-hmm. and you feel that in the flick. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, uh, what do you call super talented younger cast too? I mean, uh, what do you call uh, Car- Carvalho alone? I mean, insane. She's yeah, yeah. Performing at the Oscars
4: at like 17 years old. She's incredible, bro. Absolutely She's part insane. Puerto Rican, part Portuguese. Yeah. Part Hawaiian, yeah, she's amazing, like Bruno Mars. Yeah, seriously. Same, same recipe, <laughs> same recipe. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's part Jewish too, part Jewish, Puerto Rican, and Hawaiian. She dude.
3: might be like three inches taller than him, but yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that was, how unnecessary was that? That was a shot at Bruno.
4: No, he, he's he's height, uh, he's a height dude, he yeah. loves people who are how <laughs> you anyway, uh, 5'11. Oh, so you think you're taller than me, right? No,
3: no, no, no. I'm not i I'm not a hype <laughs> bragger at all. Trust you are me. a hype I
5: actually did just post a picture of you two and someone responded immediately. It was like Kinjak looks very tall.
3: Oh, we're gonna take another picture.
5: And I'm gonna have to like <laughs> stand mean, on an that, apple cart. He look
4: very tall, but I'm sitting down. <laughs> yes, I don't know. <laughs> How can he be taller than me sitting down? That's <laughs> expert. Yeah, yes.
3: somebody's
4: projecting by oh yeah, by the see by the the way our knees bend yeah. or something. Plus when you wear all
3: black, it's like more slimming.
0: It just shrinks everything. Yeah.
4: Not everything. <laughs> have you, have you ever seen that? <laughs>
0: have have you ever seen I know Ken Jack, you've seen it on the Instagram. I mean, or it's like TikTok. It's a trend where someone will be talking about their height and they'll take like a mirror picture mm-hmm. and then they'll get memed and they'll, they'll, they'll measure how big an iPhone is and actually like stack the iPhones up and photo. Yes. The to measurement tool. tool. That's, That's was flips. Yes, that's crazy. Absolutely, <laughs> ruthless. That's, that's ruthless. You
4: can't lie about your size anymore. You know, oh. Dudes, dudes always add like an inch or two no matter yeah. what. I mean, I've always, I mean,
3: yeah, in both directions. Yes, horizontally both. and vertically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: true that i mean why do we always have to exaggerate everything why do we always have to over impress
3: see this is why it's maybe great having all female groupings like directing and writing because we've got to over exaggerate and make everything hyperbole That i mean that is funny
4: look at him word power too Uh, i love that uh, that?
3: hyperbolic hyperbolic is great yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. i always think
0: like hyperbolic chamber
4: or something (laughs) word nerds
0: (laughs) 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 we live in that world with with like we we see all the time movies and TV though. Everything is so hyperbolic. It's like well, I that's true my that, least favorite that. thing in the world is with movies and TV is and we because like we watch a lot. We watch every. We try to watch as many movies we can. And we see all right. You, what were your bad.
4: favorite. What were your favorite movies for the Oscars this year?
0: Just, we loved everything, <sighs> Ever honest, we everything. everywhere. Like we were everywhere. that was on your that, favorite from last Bansies. year in March. I Bansies. was like, this "Is the best."
4: That was your favorite. We, we
0: interviewed we interviewed Kiwi Kwan like this week yeah. last year before it like yeah, really that's blew up. And then I got right. to tell my favorite was.
4: All Quiet on the Western Front. I mm-hmm. thought that was the best movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Best performance was Kate Blanchett in Tar. Was Nobody oh, so could good. touch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Close was beautiful. This Belgian entry. Mm-hmm. It was in, such a beautiful... And and uh, After Sun, I thought... The yes. best, yeah. best shot.
0: After Sun did not get enough love. I don't know. So
4: innovative, man. I, I haven't seen a film sort of... It was more like done through behavior i think less than storytelling and dialogue yeah it was done through behavior and i i, you know, I don't write like that and i don't create like that mm. but i love watching that yeah
3: i always love good face
0: acting too cool. i feel like yeah, 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 facial yeah.
4: reactions in that
0: this is a good segue though because you were in a movie that i would actually say i it's think in top grouping is definitely one of people's favorite of the year and that was the menu the menu got so much buzz i think buzz and i know no
4: love no award love. yeah i got more, more love yeah
0: none. none zero that
4: script was cool to dick too damn it's it was so be? tight. Ray,
3: Ray was so good.
0: Yeah. Ray was amazing, amazing. man. He's amazing.
4: What a lovely dude, too. He's not that villainous in real life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what, like, is is there something, and obviously a lot of people behind that movie are also behind a show coming back to Sunday Succession, which we're obsessed with. Like, it, is, it, is it like that that sinister, like, like what is it about that movie for you that you're like, like, obviously this movie was beloved. It's, just, it's got something that works so well, especially like right nowadays, and like in this culture.
4: Right. right. Mm-hmm. In, uh, well, you know, I had the eat the rich. Thing going on, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like Triangle of Sadness, Violent Night, Glass Onion. I mean, they're all eat the rich because, you know, we were sick of the, you know, first percenters. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it had that that everybody was digging. And uh, hopefully we're moving on from that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm kind of done. But uh, it was also so well done in terms of the characters. All the characters Mm -hmm. popped. You know, the the food critic Janet McTeer was one of the most brilliant theater Mm -hmm. actresses in the world. Uh, Reed Burney, Judith Light, uh, Amy Carrero. I mean, everybody was so brilliant. Paul Edelstein, yeah. everybody was so well cast. And I, and I wait, what happened? Why did he leave? Oh. He has a dog that
3: goes wild sometimes. He's... Oh, my God. Did I put him to sleep? <laughs> you, might, you might have had to go run at the dog. They, they, this guy goes with mimosa. Little shih tzu goes crazy sometimes.
4: Are you sure it's it's a dog? Is not a drink, a real drink? and just calls it mimosa? <laughs> it's, but... it's
0: my family's dog. It's just going nuts right now. Just yeah. absolutely. <laughs> just off the wall. I, 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 I thought
4: I bored you. Like you, like
0: he, left The dog's right? going nuts about the story. He's going crazy. The I, I just hate
3: the menu. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't stand it. <laughs> That was a King Charles Cavalier. That's a one percent dog. <laughs> um, okay,
4: so, so like royalty only had those dogs. Yeah, bred for royalty.
3: Yeah, and then what's the one? The Queen says she Queen of Corgis. The two Corgis. Yeah, oh, yeah, the cor- cor- yeah, yeah. This, one,
0: the corgi- this one's a Labradoodle. This isn't even mm-hmm. my my sister. Oh, those, are, those are cute, man. Those yeah, are cute. big dog. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. <laughs> you, you want to talk about tall? She might be six two standing up. Jesus that's a tall Christ! Dog. That's taller. Um,
3: that's taller than me. Classically known tall guy, as everyone listening <laughs> knows. Classic, Very 5'11. tall guy.
4: <laughs> you really five eleven. Are you really five ten? Really and you added an inch. I should add
3: more inches so that people don't think I'm actually five in the five nine or five. Eight I know. Or something. I should have
4: added. I, I put like I'm five eight because I am five eight. I should have mm-hmm. put like I'm five ten. Yes, and then, exactly. And then they would have re, reduced me anyway.
0: <laughs> I, uh, the will is I, I always trying to reduce. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, got about the food angle because last time we talked to you about chef, we got to yeah. put a cap on how much we can talk about chef because it's all we could talk about for the next day. If that's what Dude, you I, gave but it. I love
4: that film. I think that film so is good. so beautiful, it's kind the best. of underrated. I think it was John Favreau's return to the to the independent film, which yes. is he he you know he blew it up. He blew up that whole genre.
0: Mm-hmm. What um what was the more delicious movie to be a part of though? Was it the menu or is it
3: chef? What had better uh, craft services too? Is a good question shit. for two movies based oh, on food to better bring good.
4: That's that's a tough one. That's a good one, bro. Um, you know John Favreau, I think, because he's so beloved, he's just a, just mm-hmm. a guy who loves people. So he had all the best chefs. Mm-hmm come wherever we were at and then open up their kitchens. They didn't do that for us.
3: <laughs> hey, they didn't do it for the menu? No. No you know we
4: were always in the same studio, yeah. the same place. But but the cast, we we fell in love with each other, man, yeah. cuz we were together 12 24/7. Like we're all on, you know, like sometimes it's just your elbow that's in and you have to do yeah. elbow acting. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. But you're not really on camera for like 5 hours. Yep. So we were all there listening to each other. And we would all go out to eat together, the whole cast. We had so much fun together. But the food and chef. I mean, Emerald opened up his kitchen for John, and mm-hmm. and then we went to Austin. Franklin's made us. That's to-
0: where I am right now. you got to camp out for Franklin's. You just got Franklin's. You just showed up. You got Franklin's. Dude, a 36-hour brisket.
4: That, like a that's Disneyland, how long man. they had. They took yeah. turns, somebody turning it, and it, it melted in me hungry, your mouth. Man. My son said it was the tastiest thing he'd ever had in his life. Man, that's making
3: me
0: hungry. I was going to do something I, nice, healthy salad. In, in terms of local eats – Oh, this is turning into a food talk. I, I think the two most delicious things I've ever eaten are brisket here in Austin. Yeah, Franklin's. Um, and a, a one of don't make me pick, but but a cheesesteak in Philadelphia. I'm a Tony totally Luke's guy, but I like John's Roast Pork like there's something about those like the most authentic in terms of local eats. Oh, those dude. two I can't mm-hmm. beat.
4: Then you're missing, you're missing out the new Dominican New York City Food that's taken over the whole oh, yeah. city. I
3: used to live in Washington Heights, man. Chopped I used to cheese. just eat nothing Try, but... I, I
4: am a chopped cheese
0: guy, <laughs> though. Oh, my I do God, work. how
4: delicious is Amazing. That? I got a new show called Leguizamo Does America. It comes out April 16th. I'm not mm-hmm. plugging it, but I am. Uh, but I went to the original spot that created the bodega that created so it up in, in Spanish Harlem. Oh, no, sorry, Washington Heights, yeah. the chopped cheese. And they made it for me. That's, it was...
0: Is, that, yeah. is it, is it Haji's, that place? Which place is it? Another song. No, I
4: can't remember the. I can't remember the name of the joint. I, I've been I mean, the one.
0: I've been the one in East Harlem that was like. That, that must be the spot. I just can't remember. Yeah, was, oh. I'm check, a see, now age. you got me thinking. Yeah. chop cheese. This is just that was.
4: Chopped cheese is the bomb. I don't know. That yeah. that rocked my world. I was like this is. Yeah, I gotta stay away from this place.
3: My first apartment in New York City, uh, when I was, I think I was like 22 years old, was Washington Heights and I lived there for like two years. And I tell you, I gained like 20 pounds. I oh yeah. Just like, I'm just world. eating like crazy. Everything's incredible. I was like, I can't oh, stop. Oh my God. Eating.
4: I love, I love my Dominican food and Dude. Puerto Rican food. Mm, Absolutely incredible.
3: Food. Uh, the menu, man, we just, I feel like we quote it all the time or we even reference it. Like the, uh, I was at a Spanish restaurant yesterday and, um, they just bring out like thinking tortillas. I'm singing like tortillas. These are tortillas. Like I'm just sitting there like <laughs> thinking the lines from the show or from the movie because it's so good I mean
4: it was so well stylized I mean yeah. the show we had What uh, Dominique I can't remember her last name but she one of the biggest Michelin star chefs mm-hmm. from San Francisco came in and supervised mm-hmm. she supervised the way that they cooked the way they served the food so yeah I mean it, it was delicious but they, were, they didn't make enough yeah so you could only eat when you were supposed to eat so I started eating it anyway, and they got yeah. mad at me because it was delicious, it's a work but of it was art. tiny. Yeah,
3: it's
4: and they, yeah. and you know, you had to sit there for hours. And craft services was always just peanut, and J. Yeah, yeah, it
3: was, it was. I <laughs> used to be a grip, and that was my favorite part was craft services. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. just like, but then it, you could have a shoot where it was just peanut bad butter jelly granola bars. Oh,
4: bad crafty! Like,
3: it's like, oh, I hope we hope you love Nature Valley bars because that's all we have besides <laughs> juice boxes. Yeah.
4: And it was, and you in know, the day that you know the burger scene. Yeah, that burger was specially made for Anya. Really? But the rest of us had been starving and smelling <laughs> it and watching the scene. It was so cruel that yeah. I went to – I ordered five guys for the whole entire crew and cast.
3: <laughs> it's amazing. Because it
4: was so messed up <laughs> that she got to eat this – I mean, you would smell the bacon, yeah. the, the cheese. Damn, man. It was so cruel. That, and we're all like
5: – That burger made me so – I got out of the theater at like midnight, yeah, and yeah. I would already eaten like a large tub of popcorn. But that burger looked so good. I had to stop at 7th Street on the way on the way home and get like – that messiest
4: yeah. burger on the way back. It was, such was like food porn. It was like, I was total like food porn. Yeah, that yeah. burger looks good.
0: Hearing that just now, that's like like sometimes you do an interview and someone will accidentally reveal or Thor reveal like someone is going to play a, a Marvel character. You saying that after that delicious scene, you bought everyone five guys, like that's such yeah. a great scoop. Like,
3: that's a great scoop. <laughs> that reminds me that. of a. That was good. That's good for the, the method too of making the characters want to hate Anya Taylor Joy too. It's almost like <laughs> uh, you ever hear like Saving Private Ryan? They made all the cast members do boot camp except for Matt Damon. So that they would all like oh, wow. subconsciously hate Matt Damon as part of. the I wonder movie. if they got
4: it from Casualties of War. Because when we did Casualties of War, Michael J. Fox choice, yeah? didn't do boot camp with us, oh. and we all hated him. And he did it on purpose so that we yeah. will all hate him. That's oh, that's amazing. Huh. That's, yeah. that's and you so You cool. can't help but get get you get a little bitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you hate Michael J. Fox? You can't really. Mm-hmm. But we were a little bitter. How could that? We're even? in the sun baking. There's there's like poisonous snakes yeah. everywhere in Thailand. You know, it was, you know. How yeah.
3: could you not? Um, you obviously got to be an actor playing an actor, which is always a treat, I feel like, for every any actor in the world. Uh, but you, yeah, have you, the one question we have is have you gotten an Aikido based death threat from Seagal in Russia oh, Yeah,
4: absolutely. <laughs> obviously, he said, he told my publicist that if he ever saw me on a red carpet, he was going to knock me out. Yeah. So I guess I'm safe.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about him being on a red carpet anytime Ain't soon. Ain't nobody
4: putting him in a premiere. Yeah.
3: I'm more than safe. He'll be in the red square, man. Yeah. He's not gonna be in the red carpet. Anymore. Yo, he beat me up,
4: man. He beat me up. We were doing executive decision movie. Yeah. Out, which Great, I love, I love that. Oh, movie. I love that flick. And uh, I was supposed to be his right hand man, his mm-hmm. captain. Mm-hmm. And we're in rehearsals. He comes in. He's like, "I'm in command. I run this." I'm like, <laughs> "He's got to be joking, right?" So I started laughing because I go, that, yeah. "He's kidding, right?" Yeah. So I started laughing. So he, elbowed me. He's six foot five, a keto yeah. master. Mm-hmm. Elbow. Elbowed me right in my solar plexus, yeah. knocked me against the brick wall, I collapsed onto the ground mm-hmm. and I was just like, I ah, hate I hate you, I hate
3: you. I hate you. I hated him so much. At least his uh, his, what he called his shooting schedule was probably pretty short. Until he oh, died, like what twenty five minutes in, he didn't want to die the day. Yeah. I'm gonna, did he I'm really?
4: Gonna, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna blow this up. He did not want to come out of his trailer day. He was supposed to. It was not. It wasn't even a real death. Come on, man. Yeah. Was, come on. But he didn't want to die in the movie. He's trying to convince the producers that if he could live, <laughs> maybe he could pe- hold the two planes together. I'm yes, all like, oh, right, like Superman. <laughs> right? Oh my, that God. would really make sense. <laughs> or like maybe he could figure out how to save the other yeah. plane. It was like.
3: He somehow survived the fall. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah, and yeah. Found his
4: way back. Bounced to the plane. back up like the Hulk. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> um, reminder: The Power, March thirty first. Amazon first three episodes, then one more every Friday. After that, yeah. we just talked about recent movies. I got top of one you weren't in it but you have been in a, dir- a movie from this director, a movie that I personally love. We're the most divisive movies. Wait, we are. A movie
4: that I'm not in that he's that, – but- We're going <laughs> to talk It
3: It's he, a convoluted co- co- uh, uh, road to get here. He's saying like that. – We're going to talk <laughs> Baz Luhrmann. we got to talk
0: we're about – It's only six degrees
4: of Baz Lerman. Yes, exactly. Right. That I mean, uh, is genius, genius. No, I am
0: a massive, massive oh, Romeo. I'm gonna, I'll say oh. plus for those who need to know which one mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Plus Juliet fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you're. I mean, the opening scene alone is. First of all, wow. one of my favorite shots in any movie is you with the gun next to the to the yellow car. Just oh, it's, amazing, amazing. It's um, but what like whether you like him or not, and he's a divisive director because it's so stylized. Yeah, yeah. What is it for you though? In that in a movie from the other uh, other side of the camera that that separates him from others.
4: Well. I, I gotta say, Roman may be his greatest film ever. I mean, it, it was it was just so electric, so new. No one was doing anything like him at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Strictly Ballroom is amazing too. I mean, they're all great, but I think that somehow, somehow, everything came together, and it was uh, lightning in a bottle. Um, well, he's incredibly visual. He's a visual artist. His wife was also, you know, she's also a visual artist. She does the the production design. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think together, they just work so well. And Craig Pierce, I think, was, is also a brilliant addition. He co-wrote it with, with Baz. Mm. I mean, I, they, they adapted Shakespeare. And he's also incredibly collaborative. And he knows that, that great work takes a lot of effort. So we did like a two-week rehearsal with, with uh, Leo and all the cast in New York City. And we went over it and over it. I mean, the auditioning for that. I had audition for four hours. Wow. And it was between me and Benicio Jeez. del Toro.
3: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that's heavy hitter competition right there. Jeez. And, uh,
4: and he said, "You got it because you you can you enunciate." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Benicio mumbles too yeah. much. I couldn't cost him.
3: He's and isn't like Benicio del Toro, such a great. actor. Oh my god, so one of the most million actors. I don't see him as like um, pizzazz type of. Like, you know what I mean?
4: No, no. He he lean. You have to lean into him. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't I like come that. at you. I come at you a little bit. Cause I'm street and ghetto. So I'm always going to come at you a little
3: bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's not for you, but if you lean in, we were just talking about Sicario the other day and him and Sicario. So oh
4: dude, he's such a brilliant real. and underrated actor. Mm-hmm. If, if he was a white actor, he would be the biggest star in the world. Mm. But you know, being Latin, you know, we're, we're, we're just not given the same opportunities. Yeah. If I can be honest, <laughs> you can be honest and frank about anything you want here. This yeah. is a very open okay. space. Yeah. 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 I mean, cause I mean, when I, when I started out, yo, mm. I was like, I was idealistic. I, I believed in a meritocracy. I, mm-hmm. I, I believed talent rose to the top. And then I'm in class with Andrew McCarthy and D.B. Sweeney, and I'm getting A's, and I'm doing great. And they're going to five motherfucking auditions a day, and I'm going mm-hmm. to one every five months. Mm-hmm. And I paid the same tuition. I'm as talented as them. But it was like the casting breakdown was like Jim Crow. It was like white actor, white yeah. doctor, white lawyer. And then eventually it would be like Latin guy, drug dealer.
3: Yes. And, yeah. they,
4: and I would ask my agent, can't you – can't?" Won't they just let me do a monologue for them? Let me just try out. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even see you.
3: The yeah, that's what we talked about with – we were just talking about with Kihi Kwan. Like he – after he did Goonies and he did um, Indiana Jones, he was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It's amazing. Yeah. And then like the jobs he would get offered would be the same thing. Right, he'd get an audition exact. once every five months and it would be like, hey, do you want to play a doctor? Yeah. Hey, do you want to play a math teacher? It's like they, they just give him the most stereotypical bad
0: roles. Right, and right, he's right. like, I want to – I'm just a dude. Like let me play
3: anything I want to play. Yeah, he and, was yeah. great in that. He was so well, good.
0: Not, not, not to jump too far in, and you talked about it in, in November. Sorry, Ken, I'll just skip to it now because I feel like it's, that's another good segue. Is you talked about the the new Mario Brothers movie coming out in a few weeks, the animated right. one, which it is, it's, the casting is not diverse. No, no. <laughs> it's and especially, I, yeah. and, and it's also not like, I mean, again, you played Luigi. Bob Hoskins, uh, not not an Italian man, played played Mario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the other thing they have with Mario here. Mario is Chris Pratt, which no yeah. disrespect to Chris Pratt. He's definitely not an it- Italian, it have Italian yeah. voice. He doesn't scream yeah. Italian.
4: No, he, don't, he, don't, he doesn't do the Italian. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that's <laughs> I've the never seen the him Italian. talk with his hands once. No. <laughs> you got to have – I mean, Bob Hoskins yeah. is, a, is a company guy. You know, he talks yeah. like this. I couldn't understand them between tights. It's impossible because he's like <laughs> this all the time. But – you know, I've had a few whiskeys. I could understand them. At least yeah. I thought I did. Uh, it
3: Slows down. Uh, yeah, yeah, he
4: does start. <laughs> Cock me like this. You can follow me. Exactly. Um, he was lovely to work with, but he got it. He understood. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he understood that Italian thing and brought mm-hmm. some flavor. And uh, you know, it was it was incredible. Here was a Latin guy in in what would always be like a white role, and the mm-hmm. and the directors and the studio was brave enough to put a latin guy as his brother and i think i, I think the the first one is very beloved mm-hmm. you know i don't know why they couldn't continue the diversity or or add make me make, make you know just add more diversity you can mm-hmm. it's it's easy it makes things better one
3: of my uh, favorite parts or just things around the super mario brothers movie is the interview with hoskins after he's like oh he used to play king lee like <laughs> it's, so <funny. laughs> it's
4: so funny it's one of the funniest i'm interviews. Him a, night, eh? yeah. you know, I'm a a
3: video game? Yeah, he <laughs> just didn't get it. Uh, another movie you were in last year, by the way, which we loved was Violent Night. Oh, oh I my! Violent Night. God, Knight? that was awesome. Yeah. So, you loved
4: that place,
3: <laughs> so and that's one where like it sounds so ridiculous on its face. Like if you read like just the face thing on plot oh, yeah. summary, or whatever. You are like, wow, well, this is gonna be ridiculous. But like, we just fucking loved it, and I just love to know like if it's like. It' difficult to kind of tell the tongue in cheek vibe of something through a script like that because that's I'm that's interesting
4: because you know I loved the script mm-hmm. like it was a page turn and I was laughing out loud I don't really laugh out loud but that made me laugh out yeah. loud and I wanted to finish the whole thing and then you hope that the movie's going to turn out as good as that script or even better because yeah. you usually get scripts that are like I like the menu was also another yep. great script but you get some other scripts that you're like. Eh. Like you know, John Wick for for example. Like when I read that first script, there was like eh, it was okay. I mean, may, yeah, may maybe work. that's why you
3: guys are stuntmen. That's why you guys can't write.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know. It was like <laughs> no. it was okay. It wasn't all that yeah. on the page. But then you saw the movie, you are like, what? It's basically you know, the cat saves the day. You know, the screenplay yeah. uh, writing book. They basically took that you know, put a dog Basic thing, and yeah. you fall in love with the guy because he loves the yeah. dog and he can kill anybody and yeah, yeah. But that so Violent Night was a great script. And then I was, and then you got Tommy Workala, who's this brilliant Norwegian madman that I love, <laughs> and David Harbour. I, I don't know. I think he's one of the great American actors today. Mm. I don't know. He he always blows my mind. His yeah. choices and and how he immerses himself. He was Santa twenty four seven.
3: Damn!
4: Like he wouldn't step out of that character. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, let's go have lunch. No,
3: I'm wicked. <laughs> Did you have cookies and milk where we're
4: going? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then he show up, attempt with at that shit. Reindeer? We like we like venison.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you had a great death scene too in that. My God! Wow! What a death that is! That's wow. one of my favorites in recent memory.
4: I was upset though. At the, we had a crazy four thousand person premiere at mm-hmm. Comic Con, and people cheered when I they jumped to their feet. <laughs> so I was kind of like, like, "Yeah, come on!" It was that wasn't that bad. Was I it? know. I felt kind of like I guess that's <laughs> a good thing, but I still felt kind of sick to my stomach.
3: You're part of another thing that's it's still just started restarted um, in the Mandalorian. Gore Koresh Got oh a lot yeah, of yeah. Really, really cool inspiration from Tony Soprano and Don Corleone. I read that like some of the stuff was like kind of added in in rehearsal and yeah, things. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. guys worked up that a lot.
4: Yeah, with well, John. John, you know, John's brilliant at that, you know, ad-libbing. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I did Chef, you know, my part didn't have any dialogue. Mm-hmm. It was just mm. Martin is here. Martin comes over there. J- Martin cooks this. And he said, you have to improvise your whole oh, part. There, yeah. So uh, my whole part is improvised. So I had to like listen, read the script at night, and then see what the actors were doing, and then mm. try to f- throw That's myself so cool. in there.
3: Is that like the dream for like? Oh, I guess like certain actors maybe aren't into the improv as much, but like for you, is that like a dream type of role? Yeah, it was. It was, it
4: was stressful. Gotcha. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I was like every day is like, oh, how am I gonna yeah. insert myself without making people mad at you too? Because yeah. sometimes people get upset when you know, like Patrick Swayze, rest in peace. Mm. God I love him. He he was upset because I was improvising all the time on Tu Wong Fu. Gotcha, and he got upset. Uh-huh. I don't
0: know. Maybe we were. We're territorial about the scripts, remember?
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I forget. Were, were you in costume, or did you just voice it for Mandalorian? No, no, just voice it, just voice mm. it, yeah. What, I, I, those costumes, got to, that costume in particular, by the way, if you don't remember the, which the character was, that is the season two premiere of The Mandalorian. That's got to be one of the sweatiest costumes that could have been on oh, set in that sure show. That, that was, that was one sweaty-looking character.
4: Clown was pretty bad, bro, because Clown was also... Oh, true! That was technology. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it, it was it was in the '90s, and yo, they didn't know how to put coolant. Now they put coolant yeah. in the. Really? Yeah, they put like a cooler that that brings air, and it, now it's uh, it's not foam anymore. Now mm-hmm. it's silicone, and the spawn one was like semi
3: CGI at points, I guess, right? But like, like but I had a costume. Yours was I, legit. I, I had a you know Very this legit. massive
4: suit, gloves. Mm-hmm. This thing went up to my neck, and a face that they would glue on me at 4 oh. a.m. in the morning, oh. and then I'd be ready. <laughs> By 8 or 9 a.m., and and big ginormous teeth, big contacts. Yo, mm-hmm. sometimes I would lose my mind, lose my mind.
3: That's funny. It must be fun too, because you show up on set, you're just like caked in this shit. And then, like, the Martin Sheen just walks in and is like, hey, what's up? And he's just like the <laughs> regular himself.
4: And then and he it, leaves, and he leaves. Yeah, and he leaves. and I'm there for another two hours <laughs> yeah, while they take this off. stuff off. Yeah.
0: The, the level of, of success and how much you enjoy the movie has to play so much into your willingness to want to sit in that chair for eight hours and get makeup mm-hmm. on too. That has to. <laughs>
4: definitely yeah, mean, i i mean i had a great time mark depay was amazing to work with and he, you know i ad-libbed a lot of the jokes mm-hmm. and you know it and, it was just a blast i mean the director's cut the vulgar the vulgar the vul- more vulgar ad-libs yeah. made it gotcha they got trimmed for the i don't think I ever public. saw the director's cut oh yeah i get this you, you uh, when they cut my head off, I bet you like a little head, you know, shit like that. Oh, <laughs> our, okay,
0: our our favorite one of those types of comments about makeup and chairs. Chris Eccleston was the elf and Thor: The Dark World. Yes, it's not a well received movie. He's like, I'm never doing that shit again. And then yeah. Ragnarok came out and was a hit. And he's like, Well, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind mind. I might do it again.
4: <laughs> yeah. It's the Hollywood line is never say never. Yes. cuz then you're gonna <laughs> eat the
0: words.
3: Yeah, exactly. Once a bird gets a turnaround. Uh, <laughs> We'd love to do something we call it the six pack of questions. I don't think we did it with you last time. Um, just six rapid fire questions. All right, answer me as long fire. as you want. Um,
4: I've had coffee. I'm ready.
3: All right. So, what's a role you auditioned for, really, really wanted but didn't get? Oh shoot! Every actor has one, and they're like, "Oh well, the yeah, person yeah, thought no. it was great, but it, like, just regardless of all that."
4: Um. Oh. Um. Um. Oh sh- Why am I blanking? Oh man. Oh shoot! Give uh, us a description. Oh yeah. can- uh, uh, the the the. the, the the changeling. Ooh, okay. The, the Steve Buscemi part.
3: Changeling. Wait
4: a minute. Clint said that I had too much of a New York accent, so he gave it to Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi he was like born and raised here. <laughs> I just thought of that. I was like, wait a minute. like I was in the fucking you FDNY. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. Okay, I just realized that I, mean, I was punked.
3: Uh, what's uh, what was your weirdest fan interaction? Because for me, always talking about it, it's oh. always weirdly in the bathroom. It's like people feel will you.
4: Oh yeah, I, I got used to that though. I mean, I guess. I can't remember what movie I'd done it. I was in a club and, and mm. a fan came over and, you know, put a line, you know, we were peeing and then, you know, puts a line there for me here, for you, John, for you, John. And I'm like, yo, okay. yo, this is too, yeah, there's too much going on yeah. here. <laughs> Back off a little bit. Give, give me a little space.
3: Uh, how smelly was Steven Seagal on set? He just looks like a smelly dude. We need to know.
4: You know, I, I don't know. Might be, he might smelled. or have been too I was, long. I was, I was, Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if he smelled or not. Mm-hmm. I know he was he was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like his line readings were terrible, and they had to write the lines for him in yeah. cards.
3: Do you ever watch um, Mad TV's parody of Steven
4: Seagal? No.
3: Oh my god, it's oh, I I'm gonna to watch it after. It's one of the funny. Will Sasso does him. It's one of the funniest things in the world.
4: And they have you know they have that on, on, on YouTube. They have like yeah. all of him running like a girl because he, yeah. he runs. runs like so double dodging, like he's double. It's dutching.
3: so weird. Uh, <laughs> what's a movie you were part of that you think more people should watch?
4: Oh, critical thinking. There we go. That was a great film, man. My, my directorial debut, we got into South by Southwest, and COVID hit.
3: Yeah. Nobody went. I saw uh, that. And you guys, that was like highly rated by critics that did, that did see it too. It was kind of crazy. Oh, good, yeah.
4: good. I mean, it's a true story of these five Latin black kids from the toughest neighborhood. You hear that siren?
3: Oh, yeah. They're well, coming for me. High Welcome. Me, to our, me. Welcome to our beautiful soundproofed <laughs> office.
4: They
5: got everything in here except they didn't think
3: to soundproof the
5: yeah, studio. The
4: window, you can't soundproof Incredible the window? Come on. Anyways, five kids, black kids who were in the poorest ghetto, two story, and, and this one teacher just gave him this uh, chess course. They became United States States chess champions five years in a row. Yeah.
3: I mean, if you're if you're listening and you're a Queens Gambit person, check out Critical Thinking. And there's your there's your there's plug. I feel like Queens Gambit got the, the maybe the love that Critical Thinking should have.
4: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
3: <laughs> uh, you get the green light to make any movie you want. Who's your director and co-star?
4: Oh, I love that. I love that. Um,
3: Infinite budget, money's no option.
4: Oh shoot. Oh shoot. Uh, um, I'm gonna go Brad Furman, uh, the directed Lincoln Lawyer, one of my favorite directors. And and who was the other question?
3: Uh, co-star. Co-star.
4: David Harbour.
3: David Harbour again, nice. I like I, that. I love
4: David Harbour, man. I think he's one of the most brilliant actors. I, I could do anything with him. Yeah, perfect. or Mark Ruffalo.
3: Mark Ruffalo, yeah. Or Ethan Hawke. I love yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, it's also, an ensemble I'm cast Pena. now. you, yeah. I haven't seen Michael Pena. I feel like we haven't seen him in like a, a year or two. He needs we need oh, to see I, something. Oh, I love that brother. He yeah. is
4: so good. His he can improvise like that too. He's got chops. He's
3: like so that. quick. Oh my god. Uh, last question: What's a favorite movie of the last decade? What's one where it's just like that's? It may not necessarily. You think it's like objectively the best, but like your favorite?
4: Wow, that's a great question, bro. Um, there's so many great movies. Um. I mean, I like Criterion Collection a lot. You know, I, I oh, watched a lot. They just of had a o-
3: sale yesterday. We—I just bought the Internal Affairs trilogy.
4: Oh, dude, yeah. And I got a list like the hundred movies you got to see if you're going to be a great cinephile. Yeah. And I give it to all my friends. I might share it with y'all. But yeah. um, let me see. I like uh, like modern flick. Let's. Uh, I dude, I know it's an imperfect movie. Oh, is going to be upset. <laughs> but I thought Tar was really powerful, Taurus. man. It was a little uneven for me a little bit indulgent, but I thought it was the bravest uh, film of the year. I mm-hmm. thought it just, he took chances in ways that nobody's taking chances. And and her performance, and just, just remember, I don't know if you remember if you saw it, the scene where she's told by the opera d- director mm-hmm that she's being investigated and the cameras behind them and, and they're tiny, the tiny heads. Yeah. The camera never goes around. They're whispering and you're at home going like this, like trying to lean in to yeah. see their face,
3: giving you a physical reaction. Wow.
4: Man. It was, I mean, it was, it's the, he shot that so beautifully. Super so tight. Pop- Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it, yeah. I learned so much from that flick. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it three times. Oh, that was a great one. We were talking about
0: that a lot. We we can't go another three years without seeing you again, but this was an absolute blast to have you have you back. Oh, in thank the studio. you we, much love. We we gotta get it's gotta yeah. be in before another three years. We gotta do it. Yeah, that. yeah, we
4: got it, we got it. Absolutely. It?
0: Thank you so much. This no was pleasure, awesome. Much this much was much awesome. I gotta show you this, man. On Amazon. You guys. Check it out, March thirty-first. Thank you, you man. You know I love Cinephiles. Uh he was great. Good time with him. That, that was very fun. Uh it's you never know when they come back again if they're going to play because when they when they come back again we we had we there were some things we hadn't talk about with them like we didn't talk about uh, Baz Luhrmann we didn't talk about those like that movie specifically last time but you never know when we start to go more off script of like taking all their hits like their classics how they'll play but he played in perfectly it was it was mm-hmm. cool um, that's it though John Wick if you have not seen it <sighs> fuck biggest screen you can find biggest loudest. Oh, yeah. Best crowd, big get it, get it, yeah. get in the most crowded time of day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's it for Ken Jack Gooch. I'm Jeff Little. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Have a good week at the box office, folks. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply.